after I turn on the correct mics. Vic, Vic's going to kill me. Vic, I forgot the chip at home. Oh, geez. Happy Monday, everybody. TGIM, it's 5 o'clock somewhere. By the way, we're hiring a new IT guy. <laughs> if anybody wants to apply, you can... Sorry. You can go to wise.podcast.com. I know I know for the I know for I know for a fact Vic's gonna look to make sure this damn light is on and he's gonna be like Arnold forgot the chip. Which is not a big deal. It's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. Two hundred and four episodes in, not a big deal. Two hundred and four episodes in, it's never been on? No, it's never been on. So oh okay. So yeah, then we'll be fine. Yeah, we'll so be fine. Th- yeah, don't worry. Don't, 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 don't panic. Don't. Yeah, we're hardwired now, so <laughs> <laughs> we're good to go. Uh, happy Monday, everybody. Uh, before we obviously get started, um, we want to uh, basically address the <laughs> we want to address the elephant in the room. So uh, Edgar's not with us. Uh, oh, oh, he's not. He's not going to come by. Later? No, no, he's not going to come by oh. later. No, he's not going to come by later. Uh, Edgar's in Armenia. He's going to be in Armenia for uh, the rest of the month. Yeah, basically. So um, he'll come back, and we'll talk about Edgar's experience in Armenia because Armand was there for. What, 25 days, 20 days, 22 like days. Yeah. yeah. So Armand came back. We talked about Armand's perspective of Armenia. When Edgar comes back, we'll talk to Edgar about it. So Edgar, if you're in, Ar- if you're in Yerevan, if you're in Abovian, wherever you are, be safe. Enjoy your time there. And we'll see you soon, brother. That being said. TGIM. TGIM. I want to <laughs> <laughs> welcome Ani Nazarian here. Uh, thank you for taking time out of your Monday to be with us. All the way from Viva Las Vegas. Hey, Las Vegas. Vegas, huh? Yeah. Wow. Which... It's, uh, it's obviously a hot topic, and it's been a hot topic for uh, many, 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 many years. And for about a year, two years, the lights were shut down in Vegas. And there was obviously a lot going on where, you know, the city that never slept, and I'm not talking about New York, but Vegas, uh, was kind of like in this very awkward stage where everybody, everything was kind of shut down. Um, but prior to obviously getting to that and other topics about Las Vegas, uh, quickly do an introduction about yourself as far as, you know, who you are, wh- you know, uh, where you work, and how you got into that field. Because that's that's a hell of a story by itself. Yeah. Because when, we, heard, when we, we met her and she started speaking English, and you guys will see why, we were like, wait a minute. <laughs> You're uh, from Armenia? You're from Armenia? <laughs> 19 years old? What the? So, Welcome. Thank you. So, Thank you so much. Of course. <clears throat> it's my pleasure. I'm so honored to be here. Uh, my name is Ani. Thank you for the great introduction. Um, I'm originally from Yerevan, Armenia. I first came to U.S. when I was 19. Um, came here to um, Pasadena. Um, had family there. Um, but I came as a student, as an international student, to go to school. Um, I had family here, um, and I, you know, I went, um, did a test. Um, as you know, I was in college. I did a test. I, I really killed the test. I got five ninety six out of six hundred. I, I, I had a TOEFL test, and I remember at the embassy, the guy was like, "Man, like you really killed this test." I was like, "Yes." What test was um, it? It was TOEFL. It's called Test of English as a Second Language. Uh-huh. So you do the test, and then at the end of the test, it's almost like SAT, but it's for national students with an F1 visa who want to come to U.S. to continue yeah. their education. And how old were you at the time? I was at 19. So I was in, you know, second, what is it, like second year um, college student, yeah. right? Sophomore so in college. Basically. Sophomore, exactly. So then they gave me a visa. They're saying, congratulations, you know, go, whatever. And I got visa to go to UCLA, to Pasadena City College, UNLV, and um you know, the um, CCSN. 
Um, so then, you know, I lived in Pasadena for a little bit, again, had family and moved to Vegas, um, lived there for three years. Um, and then after that, in 2010, went back, graduated school, got my green card, again, moved back with my family. And then that's when I um, applied to work at the Cosmopolitan as a front desk agent. Um, and I don't know, I think for me, um, faith is really important, you know, like I really believe in having a vision. And I remember when I was in Armenia, I was like, yeah, I'm going to go to Vegas because I lived in Vegas for three years, right? Going back, it was a huge cultural shock, number one, right? Like being from Yerevan, small um, place of Zaytun, right? You know, small population. You know, my mom was a teacher. My dad was like a a business guy, whatever, selling jewelry. So I, I didn't really grow up in a very rich or just, you know, middle class, just mm -hmm. like every other Armenian. And coming to Vegas was, was a dream. But then going back, graduating and coming back and saying, you know, I'm going to go to Vegas and work for this like really brand new hotel. And they're like, what's the name of the hotel? But the hotel wasn't even in the works. They were just like, yeah, there's just going to be a hotel. Okay, coming up, coming around. So um, you know, I applied, I, I interviewed, and the guy was really incredible, and he's like, you speak languages, that's so cool, hospitality is really for you, right, because it's a people-first business, it's about being friendly and hospitable and kind, and um, and yeah, and I got hired in 2010, um, and I've been there for now 12-plus years. When did Cosmo open, 2010? 2010, yes, December 15 was our soft opening, um, so yeah, I, I've been there. What, what were your studies in when you went back to Yerevan? Sure, I went to... Um, yeah, I studied like linguistics, so I could be a teacher, I could be, um, you know, linguist. I guess, you know, it's funny because now I'm going back to do my master's degree in organizational psychology. In Armenia? No, here. here. Oh, okay. yeah, 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 <laughs> here. Are you going back again? <laughs> no, no, there's no. There's universities uh, in the yes, U.S. No, I know. I know. Yes. Well, there's, 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 there's a couple of them. Yeah. Just a couple of them. <laughs> but I remember when I came back, I was telling my mom, like, what the heck is like linguistics? Like, I don't even have a degree. What type of degree is this? Like, what am I? Like, can I, what, what do I do? But, you know, in Armenia, it's like different, the mindset and yeah. everything. Um, but, yeah, I, I graduated yeah, with linguistics degree. I'm still upset they're paying off student loans for people who have a linguistics degree. That's not, it's, not, it's not for sure yet. It's not for sure yet. <laughs> it's not for sure yet. But it's funny. See, 2010 is when you made the move, obviously, permanently to Las Vegas, and you started working at Cosmo. But I remember, as far as the Armenian community is concerned, I think it was like in 2005 or six, where they had those commercials going on on Armenian channels where they're like, oh, I bought a house in Vegas. Oh, I bought a house in Vegas. And there's this massive migration of Armenians mm -hmm. that went to Vegas. Was that migration near where you guys are staying right now? Or are you like, are you in downtown, downtown? Or are you like on the strip? Or where are you guys living? Right now. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so we're in Henderson, which is, by the way, the second safest city in the country. In the country. Absolutely. I Crime think that's where Levick is at. Levick, are you in Henderson, right? I think he is. I think yeah. he is in Henderson. Yeah. 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 Um, so it, it's very safe. So it's whatever, 15, 20 minutes south of the strip. Okay. Safest. Okay. And then as Safest. far as heat goes, how, <laughs> where do you rank heat wise? Like fourth? Heat. So hottest. funny. One of the, <laughs> one of the myths, right, is, is the Vegas weather. It's, it gets really hot, but also, um, winter time gets really cold because it's, it's very windy. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's a desert weather, but, Honestly, if you get used to it, like, I love it because the casinos are so cold. Like, I have a heater right now under my desk at work. Oh, really? <laughs> and my office is on the same floor as the spa or the pool. And I have, like, a, you know, a jacket or, like, I literally have a blanket. Sometimes I'd put it on my shoulders if I have Zoom calls because it's freezing in the casino. Wow. So 
you get used to the heat. You gotta have a pool in Vegas, so it's. It I'm kind helps. of like that too. When I was in Vegas last week, I oh I went God. to the. Uh, I can't. I couldn't <laughs> believe that. I really couldn't believe. It. Did you walk around the whole time like that? Yeah. Like you, it didn't get to a point where you were just like, all right, you know what? No. Maybe I should <laughs> put some shoes on. <laughs> no, I went to the <laughs> minus five degree bar. And, oh, and it's a Mandalay. Like the ice bar. Yeah, it was at uh, Palazzo. Oh, Palazzo, yes. Or Venetian, I think. Mm -hmm. One of those. The girl's like, look, everybody, a lot of guys say they can go there without a parka, and then they come out. I said, look, I'm not a lot of guys. Just (laughs) (laughs) let me go inside. Don't worry about it. Let me walk in with my (laughs) flip-flops. Yeah, I swear. Were you with flip-flops? No, you weren't even wearing shoes? But they give you like They give you a parka, but I didn't didn't wear the parka. So I just go in there. I hang out for about 15, 20 minutes. I have an old-fashioned. And even the the glasses are made of ice. Oh, are they? The sculptures are so beautiful. Yeah, everything is ice. It's all surrounded by ice. And what keeps the ice from melting is the negative 5 degrees, which is negative 20.5 degrees Celsius. So it's pretty cold. And you were walking around. <laughs> no problem. No problem. Okie dokie. Okie A couple pictures. <laughs> yeah, have some cold stone ice cream on top of the ice. And yeah, the guy asked, what are you, Didi and King? I said, old fashioned. <laughs> 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 oh, jeez. No, because the thing is with, with Vegas and even Arizona weather, which is very mm-hmm. similar, is those monsoons. Like Matt, Matt, who's a follower of ours and uh, our executive producer, <laughs> when, he, when, he comes, when he came on our show, he lives in Arizona. And he showed us videos of like monsoons that take place there, and I'm like, and he 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 says it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what's so beautiful about this? He goes, just driving, you know, through the monsoon, or you know, sitting in your backyard and watching the monsoon just take over. It's like, oh my god! I'm like, I, I can't do that. Like it rains in California, and everybody like freaks out for a couple <laughs> a couple of days. Now you have a monsoon that basically comes through an entire neighborhood and just wipes stuff <laughs> out and. It's it's beautiful. It's cute. It's cute. After, afterwards, it's a nice rainbow. It's, <laughs> it's, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's, it's temporary. <laughs> I think you adapt as a person. You adapt. I think you get used to the weather. I remember when my parents first moved from Armenia a few years ago. It was really, really horrible for them. They were like, what is this? Like, how do you guys live here? But then the next summer, it got better. It got, so it just keeps getting better. You adapt to it, yeah. Absolutely. I yeah. think your body adapts to it and just get used to it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, look at Palm Springs. Palm Springs population has been growing and getting, mm-hmm. and summertime, you, you can't even walk outside. I mean, it's like a pizza oven, but people are used to it. And a lot of seniors flock there because for seniors, it's dry heat, so yeah. it's good good for seniors who have osteoporosis or arthritis. Mm-hmm. It's, it's comfortable. For their bones, for yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's uh, A lot of people actually go out to Palm Springs and retire. When you go to the casinos in Palm Springs, the majority of them are elderly, retired people. Mm -hmm. Whereas the casinos in Las Vegas, it's a little bit different. A little bit different. A little bit different. (laughs) I've never been to a casino in Vegas. I don't know. Oh, you haven't? I just go to the Trump Hotel. (laughs) (laughs) The Casino-less Hotel. (laughs) The Casino. Exactly. And they're only a hotel, not even a casino, right? So it's funny. We're off the podcast. We're talking about Cosmo and, and the building and all that stuff. So it's a very modern building. A little bit more different than your traditional, your Wynn, your Palazzos, the Venetians, the Bellagios, the kind of uh, Vegas uh, white glove, as you were mentioning, mm-hmm. the white glove kind of service. But it has a different flair to it. But at the same time, you brought up something that we didn't know, and I'm, I'm sure a lot of our viewers don't know, but Cosmo was actually being built for condominium purposes. Yeah, absolutely. So in 2010, 
it was built to be a condominium complex. And then, you know, that was during the recession. The company filed bankruptcy. And at the time, Deutsche Bank, the German bank, uh, purchased the Cosmopolitan. And they finished the project. And they made it a hotel, you know, to be a hotel, resort, and casino. So that's why I think, you know, structurally a lot of things are different, right? You know, we have hotel rooms overlooking the, the strip, the terraces, which are a unique feature for the resort um, it, because it's different. It was built to be condominiums. We used to have washer machines and dishwashers. We've in, upgraded. In, in all, all in, the in units. In a majority of the wow. units, absolutely. And then we've updated, changed a few things around, but it, it is very unique. And even, like, parking-wise, we – you know, the, the place was built to be for 3,000 residents. So we have 5,500 employees plus the guests who, you know, come and visit us and, you know, locals who visit. So as employees, we park off. Um, we don't park on property because there is not enough parking spaces designed for us. So um, there's a shuttle service that transports you back and forth. Um, mm. Fun fact. And that's why the Cosmo is the only hotel that I know of that has outside balconies. Absolutely. Not inside balconies, outside. Yeah. <laughs> right? Is there an inside? <laughs> <laughs> because some, some of the hotels have the suites, like the Palms and all that, mm-hmm. have kind of, you know, the pool that extends outside, the private yes. pool. And those are, you know, the 10, 15,000 square feet uh, uh, presidential suites, whatever you want to call them. But no other hotel has the balconies. No, I right? don't think so. Yeah, I think we're I the only I, I um, resort it. that has um, terraces. Because my brother terraces. and I were talking about that today. We were driving and we're trying to figure out why is it that Cosmo mm-hmm. has it. And now, yeah. now we know. Now we know. Now you know, Telman. You know, Telman, <laughs> yeah, you too. You, I, I, doubt, you I don't know. even know if Telman knew. I, I had no idea. And mm-hmm. T- Telmon has like a platinum plus, elite plus, I don't know. Boys, Cosmo? Boys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, they <laughs> they'll give him a private jet just to go. To um, you know what's so they funny? rub his feet while he's going <laughs> to the room. <laughs> um, there's a lot of kind of fun facts or hidden secrets about the resorts and the stories are incredible. Um, and we have even had um, guests who loved us so much that yeah. they decided to work for us and become an employee. You hear that, um, buddy? Yes. Yeah, so um, we always have open openings. So if anyone and is interested. And you are the senior <laughs> HR director. <laughs> well, hint, hint, guys. Um, <laughs> Send your applications directly to the wiseness. We'll take care of the yeah, rest. We'll, we'll filter it out. Okay. Oh, jeez. Because the terraces are something that really sells the Cosmo. Because mm-hmm. anytime you watch somebody going to Las Vegas, especially the younger crowds, and they book a suite or they book a really nice room at the Cosmo, a lot of them try to pick something where they get that wraparound terrace mm-hmm. where they have a beautiful view yeah. of not only the strip but the Bellagio fountains mm-hmm. as well. You, you know what you guys should offer though? Be- because you have the... Uh, <laughs> Barbecue <laughs> service on the terrace. <laughs> well, that too, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Like the ships, you know the hanging ones? <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, if you, if you offered some type of hookah service there... Oh, right. my God. Oh, like, that's, that's you, could even, you could even, I mean, upsell the damn thing, 150 <laughs> bucks, 200 bucks. A lot of, especially Armenians or Mediterranean, you know, Middle Easterns, <laughs> they'll pay 150 200 dollars to, oh, yeah. to have some nice hookah service there. Like, imagine a sheikh from, like, Abu Dhabi. <laughs> we, yeah. have, we have hookah service here. Oh, hookah service? Yeah. Well, um, <laughs> you get charged $250 a smoking fee if you smoke inside the room. Oh, that's what it, the fee Yes, is. Ah. there's a fee. There are ashtrays on the terrace that you can smoke outdoors outside, but not in the Well, rooms. I meant outdoors, yeah. yeah. Outdoors, That's yeah, why, yeah. yeah. Since you guys are the only ones that have the terraces. Uh, terraces. 
But um, Shai was asking, is the reason why no other hotel has it because of the suicide risk? Or do you know? No, I think structurally it's just... You know, I think they're old. I don't know. We we call it like themed hotels, right? When you built Paris, there is a theme of the yeah. Paris. So yeah. the the selling element yeah. is it's built to be you know to have an Eiffel Tower and elements of Paris, you know, Venetian, right? It's you know the whatever the lake, the what is it? Caesar's Palace. Yeah. Did Julius Bala. Caesar have balconies? <laughs> <laughs> no, he didn't. Um, so you know, of course, it, it, it's after you know it was built. It was just a unique feature, feature that we've acquired, um, but we built the whole kind of notion around like y- you can experience indoors and outdoors from your hotel room, yeah. which is a huge selling yeah. point because it is just such a unique feature. Like, did you see the new Hard Rock that they're building? The Hard Rock Hotel? No. Which one is it? Okay, is Hard Rock. It, is it no, the sphere? Okay, no, uh, the Mirage is being demolished, yes. mm-hmm. and they're going to be building. I know the iconic Mirage, man. It's like when you think <laughs> of Mirage, you think of Vegas. But the Mirage is going to be demoed, and they're going to be building the Hard Rock there, brand mm-hmm. new Hard Rock. Mm. And the shape of the hotel is a guitar. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And the lights uh-huh. that shoot up are the strings. So you know how the Luxor has that light, the beam that shoots yeah, up, right? Yeah. There's going to be, I think, five five beams that shoot up, and yeah. it's going to be the strings going up. So, I mean, if uh, you could you could pull it up and you could and people could see it. I mm-hmm. mean it's imma- I mean it's immaculate what they're doing, and I think it's funny, but you know Las Vegas is I think the only place where you look at, you know that strip and the structures and the buildings and it's just architectural beauty, mm-hmm. literally from the wind to the Venetian to now the you know the Hard Rock that's going to be built the Cosmo all these buildings circus, are just. Circus. <laughs> are they? Uh, when are they getting rid? When of are they getting rid of bro. Circus Circus? When are they going to get rid of New York, New York? When are they going to get rid uh, of New York? No, at least no. looks okay from no, the doesn't. outside. No, it, it looks like it's falling apart. Dude, we wanted to take our kids to Adventure Dome last week when we were there. I drive by by Cir- Circus Circus because that's where it's at. The lights were off. <laughs> I swear, I thought like it's an abandoned uh, flea market or something. And then you go in the back, valet parking is closed, the parking area is kind of, you scan a code, and then after all that, we go inside, they're like, oh, you know, it's it's being renovated right now, so it's closed. The the Adventure Dome, so we didn't even get to go to Adventure Dome, but th- yeah, some of those buildings really need to be mm-hmm. revamped, refreshed. Yeah. Demolished. <laughs> so let me show you, because Ani's seen it, but let me show you. That's what it's going to look like. And can we talk about oh, this very nice. quickly? Yeah. This was super cool when I pulled some fun facts about sure. Vegas. With millions of lights, Las Vegas is considered the brightest spot on Earth. Did you guys it's know the that? Brightest spot the Earth? Bro- see, brightest spot on Earth? You'll know this. Let me ask you this. Is it true that you can see the Luxor's light outside of the Earth's yes. atmosphere? It's true. Oh, Earth's atmosphere. Oh, I thought from my house. No. No, not from your <laughs> house. From your house, I'm sure I, you could see it. But uh, see, uh, th- there's stories that. that they say that as soon as you leave Earth's atmosphere and, and you're apparently your coordinations are right where the Luxor is, you could see the beam of light. I don't know. I believe it because this one, it was it was a, from a very um, good source. source. Yes, reliable source. It said it's the brightest spot on Earth, yeah. so I bet it is. How does it compare to Macau? Do you know Macau? I don't know Macau that much, um, but I know it's... It's it, it's very similar. I know, like when when the pandemic happened and you know all the shutdowns and stuff. I know there was like huge for our industry because 
we used to have a lot of clientele or just a lot of visitors from Macau. And I know yeah. they, they got hit pretty hard, just like Vegas did. Yeah. Um, and they're still recovering. I think they still have travel restrictions and bans. Yeah. And, um, but well, yeah, I th- Asians are some of the biggest gamblers in the world. So, th- And I, I, I don't know if this is a myth or not. I'm sure somebody can look it up. Maybe Levy could know. But I remember even years ago, the MGM initially was built where when you would enter the casino, you were entering the lion's mouth. Mm-hmm. And then I guess that's bad luck yes. in the Asian um, tradition. Mm-hmm. So the MGM demoed it. Yeah, took that out, put the lines, two lines on the mm-hmm. side of the door. Is that true? Have you heard of that? Yes, I think uh, conspiracy, th- not conspiracy theories. What is it like? Um, what's the word? Oh, like superstitious? Superstitious, yeah, yes. Yeah. Um, so in, at Cosmopolitan, we like at least on one of, in one of the towers, we don't have number four because it's bad luck um, in Asian culture. So it kind of Fourth skips floor. the floor. So like we don't have like um, 44, 45, 41. You know what I mean? It skips. Like there's not 40th floor. So you're it kidding goes from 39 so there's a tower, to yeah. 50? Yeah, oh, so like there's two towers. Hold on. All of 40? So, it goes 30. so like on in one of the towers, so if a guest says, oh, no, four is a bad luck, I don't want four, so we can place them in the tower where there is not a 40th floor. You're on 42, 42, or four, you know what I mean? So I guess it matters for guests. Um, without sharing too much, um, we had a guest who lost their um, silver spoon that gave them good luck, and it was, like, the biggest deal in the world because – we went, you know, it was not in Lost and Found, and it was a huge kind of a compensation story because that was the lucky spoon. So, you know, when it hits the slot machines, whatever, that would bring her good luck. So I think, you know, people are kind of superstitious. And I mean, come on. Like, <laughs> not, hold on. You said they were compensated for it? Well, because it's like we lost it. We put it in the trash or we just disposed of it. So, But, I mean, how does somebody like that even it. how does somebody like that even <laughs> bring up a case where... You know, hey, this was a silver spoon. This was a very <laughs> lucky spoon for me. Uh, you know, I was born with this spoon. They put it <laughs> under my pillow instead of the knife. <laughs> it's like, how, how does somebody even get away with something like that? Where the, cause, I mean, was is it more of like the casino making the customer happy? Absolutely. I think it's, you know, if you think about, um, I don't know if you guys know of, um, what's the res- restaurateur, um, Something mayor, I forgot, but he has this really cool book, and he's a huge, you know, restaurant owner like Gordon Ramsay. Um, he has like hotel. I mean, rest, yeah. Um, what mayor team? Help me out if you're watching. What's the um, thing? But he has books and restaurant chains in 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 New York. Mm-hmm. But he talks about um, you know the difference between service and hospitality, right? Service, he says, is the technical delivery of the of the product, and hospitality is what. Um, is about how it makes the person feel, right? So if you think about all the guest experiences and why Vegas is Vegas is about how can we make you feel right? How can we make it right for yeah. you? So it doesn't matter if it's a $20 yeah. spoon. It's it's important to you. It's important to us. So let's see what we can do to make Bef- sure. Even before Vegas became corporate, like right now it's very corporate, right? It's owned by large corporations, publicly yeah. traded companies. Prior to that, like especially during the Sinatra era and you know the 50s, 60s, 70s, in Vegas, if you, for example, let's say you stayed at the MGM or wherever, whichever hotel existed at the time, and you loved the mattress, take it with you. Yep. 
No. Yes. Now you can buy it. Now you can buy it. <laughs> yes. Really? You can you certainly can buy, buy a pillowcase. You can buy yeah, a mattress. We can. We can. You. you can even buy your buy your favorite art if you love the art that's in your room. Mm. It's available wow. for purchase. Oh shit! I didn't know that. <laughs> yes. Interesting, because I mean, there's a lot of like artwork you do see in rooms, in mm -hmm. hallways, in you know certain areas where you're just like, oh, this is a nice piece. I wonder how it would look in mm -hmm. my living room. Well, there you go, people. Yeah. And fun fact, at the Cosmopolitan, we have um, old cigarette machines that um, we kind of refurbished, and we sell a little um, piece of art from a local artist or kind of up-and-coming artist for $5. So it's, oh, I've it's, seen it's, those. Yeah, the, like the red machines. We have five of them throughout property. So if you want to take a piece of art with you or a piece of Cosmopolitan, you can help a local artist and buy a $5 piece of art. Interesting. Um Greg was asking, have you ever met Alex Yemenijian? So funny. So I met his son. He interviewed me one time. The yeah, son? Yeah, the son. Our they man. own uh, Tropicana, They used right? to own Tropicana. They, oh, they, they no sold it. They sold it a few years ago. Um, but I, I was working in operations at Cosmopolitan, um, and they had an open position. It was like a casino, executive casino host type of position. And I was like, you know, maybe maybe cool to work for you know an, an Armenian or whatever. So I interviewed and they offered me a very um, sad salary, so I said no. <laughs> I'm <Sad> good. <laughs> so it, they were great people. He was a really great guy. They end up like, you know, upping the deal a little bit, but in wasn't, hindsight, wasn't, wasn't enough. Wasn't enough. No, and I, I'm glad I stayed where where I am because I, I think it's a yeah, great great company. As of and, now, I don't see Tropicana um, going places. Cosmo yes, is and I think them. they they're gonna same thing re remodel yeah. it, and now different owners and different. I mean, Alex. Things. For those of you guys that. Don't know who Alex is. He was the right-hand man for Kirk Kukorian. Uh He was a CPA by trade, but mm -hmm. pretty much handled a lot of the uh, casino dealings for K Kirk um, yeah. when Kirk was alive and actively trading in Vegas. And I actually tried to get him on the show. Remember, about a month or so ago, I spoke to a friend who kind of knows him, but he's... Sh you know, tied up with his schedule, so we couldn't, for now at least. Maybe we'd love to have him on. Maybe Alex, if you're watching, we'd love to have you on, or your son. Yeah, yeah talk, talk, talk about Vegas <laughs> with you as well, on, on a different perspective, more yes, on the yes. kind well, of CEO, well, he entrepreneur mm -hmm. He was probably the, considered the sharpest dressed mm -hmm. Vegas executive. executive for the longest time, always in a custom Italian suit. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, just... Brilliant, brilliant yeah. man. I know my sister worked at Tropicana and like the stories, and I think that's so humbling about our industry, right? Like CEOs like, you know, um, Alex or Mr. Yemenejian or other CEOs. My sister would say, you know, every time he would come around and he would see something trash or something on, on the floor, he would pick up and he would tighten chairs and fix the casino. And like, it's really less about your level and who yeah. you are. It's, it's really about love and passion for the people and the place that that's yours, right? So... I think that that's pretty cool, but yeah, I know he's still around. I think he there's a church in Armenian. He's part of. He goes mm. to a church in Vegas. So he's Argentinian Armenian. Oh, I think is he? So. Yeah, he's from Argentina. Interesting. Or his family is. I I don't remember where. I Probably think refugees he, from the genocide. I, I think yeah, so. Yeah. I think so. Yeah, because a lot of Armenians migrated, uh, obviously all around the world, but there was a very large population that moved to Argentina, which is like it's funny to me that, like out of all the places, Argentina, and there's a city in uh, I think it's in Colombia. I think it's in Colombia that's named 
uh, Armenia. Armenia, yes. Yeah, I think right. Colombia as well. There were th again, there's an Armenian community there yeah. as well. But anyways, going back, to, we tend to digress. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love Alan, Alan was asking, is, is Cosmo hiring? Yes, so go to the Cosmopolitan website, scroll down to careers, and there's a lot of openings, and reach out. I'm on LinkedIn, and I'll help you with yeah, whatever I a, can. There's a code. <laughs> if you put in wise nuts, we get 20% of your salary. So <laughs> <laughs> there's a referral code. Make sure you... Yeah, <laughs> hashtag wise nuts. So, but, you know, it, it's funny. Um, you know, at one point, especially post the pandemic, there was something called a great um, resignation um, yeah. because it was so hard to hire and retain even talent, in Vegas, yeah. even in Vegas, absolutely. Um, and until now, we have referral bonuses. So for a housekeeping, if I refer, you know, someone to work in housekeeping, it was sometimes like up to like $1,000 if you pass your probation or you pass your, you know, six yeah. months to make sure we're able to retain higher talent. I think it's a little bit better, obviously. Um, but um, it's still, you know, there's huge referral bonuses. Have, you absolutely. still have challenges with Yes, you know, with, with labor, today. with... Wow. Uh, I think it, it got obviously a lot better um, after the stimulus checks and all of the government help stuff. Um, but I think it was, you know, some of it was great. Like people realized like it was a great reset for them in life. Like, do I want to do whatever I'm doing for the rest of my life? I think a lot of it also was, hey, this is not how I want to live my life. I want to change industries. I want to do this. I want to, you know, whatever, whatever your purpose is. I think that was part of that. But also I know just labor shortages across industries and hospitality yeah. absolutely a lot For of sure. things a lot of things changed to working at home mm -hmm. a lot of people went into you know digital industry as far as with marketing mm -hmm. and all that stuff uh, I, I don't know if you you're okay to talk about it but as far as the pandemic is concerned when the pandemic hit in March how were you guys affected I mean what happened what happened exactly in Vegas because on our end it was more of like Vegas was shut down lights were off and Nothing was happening. No, you couldn't go into a casino. You couldn't go into a restaurant. You know, how did it affect you? How did it affect the family? Yeah, I think that's a great question. It was very sad. I remember, like, I had pictures of us going, like, you know, a city that never sleeps, right? And yeah. I know it's New York, but it was, like, Vegas. So I know, like, casinos were even struggling. Like, how do we lock this door? Like, we've never physically put a lock on the door and locked, right? So some silly things, like, how do we figure out, like, if we shut down the building, like we got to run the water for sewage, like, you know, like logistical things that we never had to deal with. It's like we never put locks on the doors in <laughs> yeah. the first place. What like do we do? Of, what do we do? <laughs> Tear the building down. <laughs> hey, Billy, do we have a lock on this door? Seriously, we don't have a lock. Bring the chains in. <laughs> I, I can imagine. I mean, th now that you say that, seriously, like. That's what I'm saying. New, how, York, see, New York is known as a city. How do you shut the water, the electricity, mm -hmm. everything? Like, how do you how do you shut that off? Yeah. As I'm saying it, like, see, New York is the city that doesn't sleep. That is the name for New York. Yeah. But as far as Vegas, you can consider Vegas that as well because it literally is the city that never mm -hmm. sleeps. The casinos are always open. The bars are open. Uh, people are always in and out of different hotels, different casinos, on the strip. It's just, it's, it's, a, it's a living, it's, it's, mm -hmm. it's a very lively city. Absolutely. It's 24-7. But I think, you know, people were really um, impacted because, believe it or not, in a glamorous city of lights, there's also a lot of poverty. There's a lot of you know, youth homelessness, um, major layoffs, right? A lot of the employees were laid off. Um, some casinos or some industries decided to keep employees, even with a layoff status, on benefits, which was huge, right? Everybody was dealing with you know, health health crisis, right? Yeah, healthcare yeah. Cr um, crisis, but 
You know, I, I think um, Vegas is a very resilient city. You know, I know, again, there's that kind of uh, perception of the Sin City, but it's, it's a huge community, right? Yeah. Like people coming together. I know there was a lot of um, drives to, you know, bring foods to people who kids don't go to school, right? There's a lot of Title I or Title Three schools where there's like low-income yeah. families. So if a kid doesn't get school lunch, they probably won't eat that day. So there was a lot of coming together, working together, and just giving back even like I know MGM for example was huge in you know kind of their corporate giving to make sure their employees have access to emergency grants right like how do you pay the bills when you're laid off and of course you know everyone had stimulus checks but but I think just um, even with the layoffs that the city had a lot of employees came back post pandemic but I think just the devastation on like the industry was huge right and then just figuring out all the protocols like how do you run a successful restaurant business when you have to social distance how do you you know have employees interact when this entire industry is built on human connection right it's interactions it's emotional connection it's handshakes right looking people in the eye now i have this barrier between me and the guest and i still have to give good service but i have all these obstacles that i have to overcome so it was devastating but i think you know, like I said, I think Vegas is very resilient. So we're back. Um, and it's funny, we have this term now. It's called um, from the pent up demand. It's like um, revenge consumption. People are like angry. Like I've been in a lockout for two and a half years. Yeah. So I'm going to come and go crazy. It's like revenge consumption, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's just so busy now because hopefully we're, we're out of the pandemic. It, it has, is the revenue higher than pre-pandemic? absolutely because of the whole revenge yes yes i think i pulled up a stat and it was insane so um nevada collects over 1.28 billion in gaming revenue and it is up 22.8 percent from pre-pandemic aka Mm -hmm. revenge consumption so 1.28 billion one yeah one 1.28 1.28 billion is kind of the gaming revenue that uh, Nevada collects. Revenue, tax revenue on the gaming. Because I would think all the casinos combined would have a higher revenue than 1.28 billion. That's probably just the, the tax, tax revenue. I think that, yeah, yeah that the gaming kind of yeah, yeah. segment there, there's is. No, um, there, there's no way 1.28 billion. I think that's the yeah. gaming, yeah. gaming okay. revenue, yeah. right? Um, but can you imagine it's almost like 23%. higher increase from pre-pandemic numbers because people just are don't want to be in the lockdown anymore they just want to how long were you guys completely shut down where there was absolutely no no uh visitors zero i think it was almost six to eight months i know that long was it like march when pandemic happened i think march and we opened june so three months no. Three months or June of next year? June, the following year. Yeah, I think that's what it was. So f- for 15 months? So 2020 March, right, yes. is when the pandemic happened. No, I'm sorry. And then we opened the same year in so three June, months. June, June, July. Okay. Yeah. Um, but it was just kind of uh, interesting because you had, I think it was really great for the industry because you had to rethink about your business. Like, you know what? Like having hands, hand washing stations or sanitizers is yeah. a great idea. Let's keep that, right? So if you go back, you know, to a lot of hotels, like there's elements that like that are great that we learned from yeah. the pandemic and they're in our business now. But for People the most part, people wash their hands after using the toilet now, which is fantastic. Yeah, you want to you want to know why there should be hand sanitizers and dispensers everywhere? Go to a <laughs> men's restroom and just stand inside for like 15 minutes. 
That's it. That's all you have to do. You'll see how many guys actually go to the urinal, oh do their business, and then just walk out. What, what makes you think it's just men <laughs> walking to women's restroom? Well, I gotta identify as a woman before I go into okay. the women's What's restroom. But you have no problem these days. <laughs> that's that's a different topic as as it is. But see, when you guys began to open up, people were sending images, texting each other, saying, "Oh, hey, Vegas is opening. Vegas is opening. You guys want to go?" And a lot of people were sending images of these barriers, these shields, even at like the blackjack tables. And it was like, do yeah. I really want to go to Vegas mm-hmm. and experience it like this? Like, how how long did it take you guys to understand that? Hey, listen, we gotta change things up because you know we're losing revenue, we're losing clients, we're losing customers. Yeah, I think that's a great question. I don't think it was up to the employers. It was. A regulatory state regulated or gaming board or whatever those entities right that the right. regulate if you don't have a safe environment um to you know welcome back your employees or guests you will be shut down like there were mask mandates there so were state mandates that's what confuses me is like are they really going to shut down yes the so casino? they were inspecting you would get a scorecard um so it was like i know in our resort we hired um ambassadors to say Sir, please wear your mask. Please social distance. And and it was a huge cost, right? If you think about labor, yeah. right? But you had to maintain a safe environment. So, you know, from a guest standpoint, it's annoying. It's confusing. Why are we doing this? But a lot of it was state, um, state yeah, regulated. If you ask me, for example, especially in Vegas, I feel like the, uh, the, the casinos just didn't stand up to it. If they stood up to the governor or... The health department or the actually it was CDC. I'm not, oh, I just CDC. remember they, that CDC regulations. Well, CDC had the re- the requirements, but it was up to the state as well because Florida didn't do all that BS. Uh, Texas had minimal, but Vegas. I remember even last year December when I was at Cosmo, like you said, that guy, whatever that their title was, sir, please wear a mask. I just walked by him and. <laughs> So you were that guest. (laughs) And when my friends would go to Vegas, come, I said, listen, you know, I'm not, I don't wear a mask here. I'm not going to go to Vegas and wear a mask. Like, there's no way. If you don't mind, I will come, but I'm not going to wear a mask. I'm going to get chased down. Actually, we got kicked out of. Yeah, it was. No, we got kicked kicked out of Venetian. Oh, really? When we went in December. Cosmo, I didn't wear a mask for a split second. Even entering the guy. Sir, you got it. I said, okay, don't worry about it. I would just walk by. But at the Venetian, the security literally, like, walked us out. And then we just turned around with the kid. Like you were counting cards. <laughs> I swear. We turned around. We go the other way back into the... My wife's like, oh, please, let's just leave. I said, look, we're not going to leave. I mean, you know, I, I didn't come to Vegas to wear a mask. I don't care what their regulations are. I'm not going to wear a mask. I think it was really hard to be in hospitality employee during the pandemic. Of course, it you gotta bite. You so gotta. You have hard. to bite your tongue. It was just guests were, or just I don't know, visitors were just so, just rude and not compliant and not. <laughs> it just it was really really hard. Be- so I would just give all of because our hospitality workers a prop for look, just. And, and you again, know, I don't blame that employee, best. but I blame the casino owners for not standing up. None of them stood up to any of this tyranny. They all just f- folded like a you know deck of cards. Like 
you guys run a multi-billion dollar industry, tens of billions of dollars, you know, how do you just fold and say, okay, you want us to continue to wear a mask? It's fine. It's okay, okay that our revenue drops 70% because people no longer want to travel here because, you know, we have shields and we have armed guards and we have masks and we, you have to wear gloves and we have to do cavity surgery. You know what it is? What is as well? I think, see, at the same time, you, I can't blame the casino mm-hmm. owners as well because obviously you have, you have, con- you have customers who mm-hmm. are non-compliant and then you're going to get an employee who's not like Ani, yeah. who's not devoted to their job, looking for an excuse to get COVID or quote-unquote get COVID and be like, oh, you know what, I can't come to work anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it affects them on the financial note. Oh, well, you know what, what department were they working in? Oh, they were working in HR. Well, how many people are in HR? Oh, we have a staff of, how many is in HR? Let me we ask. have 30, around 30. 30. We have a staff of 30. Well, check all 30 of them now. Yeah. Like it becomes this domino effect of do I really want to deal with this bullshit? Yeah. Okay, then you lose billions of dollars. Yeah, I, I think there were some CEOs who went to Washington and they proposed plans and like you had to propose a plan of how do you open your hotel safe. Um, and, and, you know, some things that you're kind of willing to take the risk, but I think it was just such a scary thing for everybody that you didn't want to um, risk anybody, right? Your employees, your guests, and, and I don't know. I don't think it was hard to get used to the mask, but I don't think it was the end of the world, so... I don't know. Tough times. Hopefully, it's behind us. <laughs> I, I think I think it is behind us at this point because I'm. I, I told my wife as well. I think we're ready to actually go back to Vegas because, mm-hmm. you know, people are saying it's back to normal. It's back to normal. No more, no more, plexiglass shields and no more masking everywhere. So we're we're looking to hopefully come back there, probably November. Yes. Let me know. You know. November, you know someone wow. in Vegas birthday. now. <laughs> it is. Yes, it is. Interesting. You're the gonna, 18th. Do you want to join us? You're going to invite the wise nuts? Uh, you guys are more than welcome to join us. You guys are more than welcome. You don't, you don't scare me with a good time. We'll go to Levick's house for some <laughs> steak. <laughs> some smoked steak. Oh, jeez. But no, no. We're Like I like I said, I, I am excited to actually come back and enjoy, you know, La- Las Vegas for what it is. Mm-hmm. Because pre during the pandemic, we... We just we we didn't make it we didn't make a trip out there. Mm-hmm. I was like, I want everything to go back to normal so we can enjoy it the Are way you it's take supposed the kids? to be. No, because I because because I've had this, I guess, argument <laughs> debate with a lot of people. I don't know how you do it. Um, <laughs> Vegas <what>? with kids. <laughs> Vegas with the kids. I don't well, know how you do it. Okay, so let me finish before you. <laughs> I didn't know how I do it either, but because I've because for instance, my friend who the one that that's Cosmo, you know. Uh, Massage VIP status. With massage VIP status. <laughs> he would always say, let's go to Vegas. I'm like, I can't bring the kids. No, no, there's a lot of things for the kids to do. I'm like, look, I remember Vegas as an adult playground. It's not a child's place. No, there's a lot of things to do. Okay, I said, fine, let's, well, we'll take them. So you take them, there's like maybe, okay, the Shark Reef, mm-hmm. Gondola, the Adventure Dome, um, what else? There's the uh, water park, but we have a water park here. What else is there? Nothing, right? As far as arcades, the, kids, the arcades, yeah, St- same things that you have here. So, yeah. I mean, w- would it, would you say Vegas is an adult playground, or it's also like a family destination? When I say kids, mm-hmm. I'm referring to like my kids are four and two and a half. Mm-hmm. 
they're not 16 and yeah. 20. I think that's a good question. So I, I know this is pre my time being in hospitality, but I remember like um, Vegas tried going through this phase of Vegas is um, family friendly or yeah. kid friendly. And, and I think from the stories I've heard that it kind of failed, right? Because the reputation, it's it's a sin city. You come here to commit experience, sins. <laughs> <laughs> commit sins. Um, you come here to gamble, enjoy the nightlife, you know, um, go to restaurants and, and, you know, just have a good time. Um, I, I think, you know, I, I know one of the things I hear, um, like there's a big stat about like people not leaving strip, like only 4%, um, I don't know, they were the just strip. lived, this, it was just such a small percentage. Like people come to Vegas yeah, to yeah. just be where, on the strip. Where are you going to go? Um, exactly. But if you do leave the strip, right, 4.2 miles is, you know, the length of the strip. But if you do leave, there is a huge outdoor scene outside of the city. Like what? So with kids, for example, you can um, hold on, take a cruise on Lake Mead. Actually, they had a Santa cruise. We took kids on a Santa cruise um, on Lake Mead. It was beautiful. You could do that. You can do Red Rock Canyon. They have bike rides, um, golfing. Obviously, you wouldn't do that with kids. Um, skiing, snowboarding. Mount Charleston is beautiful. Very nice. Um, so not hot. Um, see, Matt is saying New York, New York, Excalibur, Luxor, Treasure Island. Those are all made for kids. Yeah, yes. there, there's arcades. Twenty five years ago, now you don't want to go into those hotels. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah, the demographics are a little bit on the, the shaky side. <laughs> <laughs> I meant more as far as it needs upgrading that's what i meant but i think the like class, once the class is a little <laughs> bit different in those hotels man it is scary with some of the people that are in those hotels man i mean the way they i don't know I don't listen know. the city attracts 42 million visitors no, so I you're know, gonna I know. get yeah. all types of people diverse people don't from be prejudiced all here, man. over the Again, world i'm just saying i'm just saying <laughs> sometimes it's a little bit sketchy i don't know <laughs> But I think, let's say you do do those day activities, yeah. and now yes. you want to go see a show, grab a dinner. Like, a lot of it is 16 plus. Like, I wanted to take my son to Carrot Top, for example. Yeah. Um, so we're, it's a 18 plus. So my friend, my husband. Carrot Top is the comedian, right? Yeah. Yes. My husband's friend's friend, whatever, knows the manager. We text him. I'm like, hey, can we get in? You know, my son yeah. to Carrot Top. It was 16 plus, though. Even yeah. that, right? If you have young kids, what do you do? You can't exactly. pay for babysitting. Um, but I think, you know, the nightlife is still what Vegas is about, right? The shows, the, the dinner experiences. Yeah. The, you the know. Cirque du Soleil is the best show in the world. And, and the Lorev? Lorev shut down. They shut down, you know. Did right? they? Yes. Well, they didn't shut down. But they closed. They closed. They're opening a new one called the... Um, they did open something It new. opens in November. It's, uh, but it's again, is it a water show again? Same same concept? Combined, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But Lorev closed permanently. The only reason why is because it's like when, you, see, when you when you take your kids to Las Vegas, especially if they're a little bit older, like when they're two or three or four, you know, you got them by your side, mm -hmm. you're holding their hand, you're walking, you know, from casino to casino on the strip, it's fine. But then when you got like maybe 15, 14, 16 year old, they're walking with you. And then there's sometimes, you know, <laughs> there's people on the strip handing oh, out certain yes. cards. What cards? You know, <laughs> business cards. Close your eyes. Close yeah. your eyes. <laughs> it's business cards. 
They're uh, <laughs> what type of business? Uh, inappropriate business cards. Yeah, inappropriate <laughs> coupons. coupons. I never got the coupon. I always paid full price. Buy one, get one free. <laughs> so yeah, see, that's that's the one thing, especially if you have a you know young girl where you know you're do- walking with your daughter, yeah. and they hand them that, and they look at it and they go, oh, you know, what's this? And all of a sudden you go, call Jessica for well, a good they, time. You're just like, I don't, I don't think they they hand it to the kids, bro. They'll hand it to you, and if they'll you know, hand it to everybody. No, no, it, it's kind of David Chindulerehun. Not gonna give <laughs> Am I wrong? I don't know. 14, 15, 16 year old kid is walking. I think they're like robots. They're like just giving out cards. Well, they're, 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 they're handing out either, they're either handing out escort cards or they're handing out uh, mixtapes. <laughs> Mix <laughs> pick, pick either one. It's, 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 one of the, it's one or the two. So, I mean, that's what it is where it's like, okay, I don't think it's made for anybody under 21 as far as casino wise. Mm-hmm. Outside of it, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Outside of actual las vegas vegas well outside of it yeah you can do the things you can mm-hmm. do anywhere else but i'm saying as far as vegas is concerned i don't think it's made for kids it used to be the the excaliburs and those guys but they need to revamp those to to make it more up to date and uh, you know to maybe have some virtual reality stuff in there or whatever that's going to attract the families again but but for example when we visited last week uh, I booked a win, but I canceled it because I called to make reservations at a few dinner uh, restaurants. And then we noticed it was minimum age of five. So kids under the age of five, you can't go to fine dining at the win. So I, I called the manager. I said, you guys don't can't make exceptions? He goes, no. I said, then cancel my reservation. I'm not going to. I'm not coming there to eat at the buffet and the cafes. <laughs> you know, if I can't take my kids to the restaurants, then I don't need I to stay there. Some hotels, like we have a pool that's more family friendly. There's the secret pizza. There's things you can do with kids. But I think to enjoy the entertainment capital of the world, and that's Vegas, I don't think it's. I I wouldn't bring my kids, my two year old or my my. Yeah. Teen. But but I say that, that I'm raising see? a family in Vegas. You see? <laughs> you know, you know, see? But it's different. See, because the thing is, you want you want to be able to enjoy it, and you want them to enjoy it as well. If you're gonna if you're gonna go and be cooped up in the hotel and mm-hmm. just basically walk downstairs, eat eat dinner, and then go back upstairs, and then husband and wife, or I don't know if you're taking your parents, in laws, whoever it is, and then rotate babysitting mm-hmm. while you go downstairs and gamble for a couple hours, and then come back up, and then rotate. You're not. You're not gonna enjoy it. You're not gonna enjoy I agree. it. It's not. It's, it's yeah. not the same. That's why when my wife was saying, you know, let's go to Vegas this year. You know, the first thing I said is, what about the kids? She said, well, you know, we'll have we'll have my mom, your mom, rotate. They'll they'll watch them at home. And yeah. You and I'll fly out. We'll enjoy. And we'll that's the best way to do Vegas. Well, that's ideal, of course. But but again, we weren't cooped up in the room. We would go walking around, you know, through the Venetian, through the Wynn and Encore and all that, and. Uh, Took them to like the Shark Reef and all that, but again, is it an ideal place? To absolutely not. Because can you do that? How many times can you do that with your kids? Not, Once, not, twice, not, not three times. times. You know no. what I mean? Yeah. Whereas if it's just you and Ani, or if it's just me and my uh, wife, we honestly had run out of places to go. See, that's, that's why we went to Vegas. Did you guys go oh, Vegas? Oh. I thought like like, it like on, you know Vegas. we just came back from a long vacation. Then we went to Palm Springs like the next week, and then. I was like, okay, before Noah starts school, let's just go quickly mm-hmm. to Vegas. I even texted a couple of people asking, like, 
guys have any recommendations where we can go instead of Vegas? There was really no place that we hadn't recently been to. We went to San Diego. We went all those places this summer. So it's like, okay, where do we go? Fine, let's just go to Vegas. And I'm going to have our concierge send you a list of things yeah, you please. can do with kids. So I come to Vegas I, I'd love kids. to because I, I don't mind going to Vegas. I just... Logistically, like, do you want to yeah. take kids and yeah. what do you do? Yeah, yeah you want to be able to make sure they enjoy their time as well. Because mm-hmm. with us, it's like, we'll, we'll make you. Because see, to me, this is what I tell people too. Again, I'm not a, I'm not a, a frequent flyer to Vegas, but to me, when you go to Vegas, you got to go all out, because it <laughs> it truly is an adult playground. You could go sky jump, uh, skydiving. You can do the uh, that airplane that feels like you're in outer space. I forget what's called Net Zero or something. Mm-hmm. You can go shoot guns. You can drive tanks. You can drive exotic cars. You can swim with the sharks. You can. Wrestle tight. I mean, you can do anything you want. Yeah. You can get <laughs> prostitutes if that's oh. your, you know. If that's your forte. Yeah, that's your forte. You got Michelin star restaurants. You got some of the best chefs in the world. I mean, so look at Gordon Ramsay's the restaurant. The best entertainment. People, people in, yeah. in weight, lo- in basically yeah, we weight We waited lists. hour and a half when yeah, my okay. son was eight because he watched the show. Which one? And he's Hell's like, Gordon Ramsay. Yeah. He's like, I got to go to his restaurants. So, so, so you got the to. best of everything there. And, but it's, again, in my opinion, all cater to adults. And especially if money is not an object, then you'll have the time of your life. Absolutely. I mean, take your kids to Disneyland. Why would you bring them Hell to Vegas? Yeah. Hell yeah. Hell <laughs> yeah. Go to that, Disney. Well, that's where I'm going Wednesday. <laughs> there you not go. this Wednesday, next one. Again, see, it's not coming from me. It's coming from <laughs> Ani, Miss Vegas herself. She pretty much runs Cosmo. <laughs> <So> <laughs> it's not coming from me because if I say it, it's not, well, no, you just don't want to take your you kids. See, I mean, you could, right? And you can make it work, but you wouldn't experience Vegas like you're supposed to experience. Even like walking the casino casino floor, right? It's You can't have minors on the floor, so it's just there's a lot of logistical yeah. challenges. Your kid too. looks at a slot machine, they're like, hey, hey keep walking. <laughs> well, see, Noah was asking me, he's like, I'm like, it's a 24-7 yeah. city. So he's asking, he's like, how come it never oh, closes? So I said, well, because there's people who will gamble It's a supply and demand hours. issue, yeah. son. There's people that pull helux on their own side. You see that young man over there? Doesn't look like he can afford to be there when he's there. You see that man right there? You see how his shirt's unbuttoned <laughs> all the way down to his chest? He's not going to have a good time when he goes home. See, get to a couple of questions that we'll talk about, like the whole um, gambling and high rollers was, and all that. Somebody stuff. was saying the best thing for kids there is the pools. But I don't think so. Like, the pools, they're all wearing uh, very skimpy swimsuits. There's no slides. There's no lazy. Go, go see how often people get up to go to the bathroom. Yeah, <laughs> that too. I think there are family-friendly pools that you can take kids to, but probably that's fun. Um, but for the most part, a lot of it is party pools and. Yeah. 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 when you <laughs> when you okay, here's the thing, guys. As far as like Vegas pools are concerned, okay. Again, to it's each, not just to, Vegas. Pool. To it's each their own. Whatever. Any pool that. Yeah. Has Don't tell me you read the cola. No, 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 no. Here's the thing. To, again, to each their own. But next time you guys go to Encore Beach Club or any of those pool parties, I want you to do this. Don't get in the water for about an hour and a half and just kind of get a cabana or something just to hang out. And then it, just basically watch four or five people that are consuming alcohol and see how often they get out of the pool <laughs> to go to a bathroom and then come back into the pool. It's not going to happen. 
Yeah. It's very, it's, and th- it's funny. You, cos- talking, speaking about Cosmo, view side, when you look at on the other side where there's pools, where you see a lot of the pools, there was this video on YouTube, and I'll see if I can find it, but somebody from their balcony view was showing where the kids' area, family area was, where the pool was. The pool, the pool was a little bit more bluer on that <laughs> side. Yeah. <laughs> then where the adult pool was very murky. And that murkiness... It's all the tequila coming out. <laughs> I'm just saying. Well, listen, I think the circulation works, but I know like in one of the balconies, like the, the day club view, it's so many people that you can't see the water. I mean, it doesn't matter how well your pump That's works. Even worse. It's just so overpopulated that it's it's hard to. Yeah, no, here's the thing. I'm not I, I'm not saying the pool the pump doesn't work because when you wake up in the morning and you it's look down cl- at the pool, crystal it's clear, crystal absolutely. clear. So that pump is working. It's just it, you know that pump is being a little bit. But over, isn't that overworked. like with any community pools? You know what I mean? No, no, like, it, it is. Rec it is. center again, pool again. I don't, same thing. Yeah, don't get me wrong. <laughs> it is absolutely. You're right. But when it gets overpacked, it's just mm-hmm. like, oh, geez, am I am I in a pool full of water? Or? Listen, after the show, I'll give you like do's and don'ts of Vegas, but I just don't want to share yeah, it here. Oh, that's fine. Yeah. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> do, do, do we have any? Do we have any questions before we continue? Uh, Andre earlier was asking, uh, and I don't know if you're gonna know the answer to this, but. If, is is the mob still involved in Vegas? <laughs> I know there's a mob museum I have to go to in downtown. There's a mob yeah. museum. I don't think so. I think things are different. It's very corporate. It's now. very corporate. Yeah. It's very, you know, it's it's a highly regulated industry. Yeah. I think that stuff is. I don't know. Is it expensive to open a casino? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> well, Let me know house. when you open one, and yeah. we'll talk. <laughs> Tillman, I don't know what your comment means. He thinks he says he thinks Vegas is still in the eighties. I'm not sure what that means. What do you mean? He's referring to me probably that I think Vegas is still in the eighties. <laughs> oh, 80s. you? No. Maybe from you know like tech and everything, but I don't think so. I think there's a lot of hotels who are doing some great work with their how they you know advertise the technologies they use, the data they use, yeah. you know, database marketing. I think it's it's advanced in, in a lot of things, but depending on what he's referring yeah, I don't, to. I don't know. You know. If you can elaborate, Telman, I, I, I will address your yeah, comment. Because he's been to Vegas with you multiple times. So, Telman? Yeah. I just I've been know to why. Vegas with him multiple times, All right, so not the other way. Yeah, around. yeah, sorry. So I just want to know why he thinks you think it's still in the 80s. Mm-hmm. I'm Be- just curious about it. Because, well... Maybe he's referring to like my style of which hotels I prefer over what he prefer. I don't know what he's referring. Well, to. yeah, he likes Cosmo. You're a win guy, so yeah. I, but I, I, I don't know if that's what he's referring to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, well, here's here's a question. My wife's asking. This is a perfect question as well because I wanted to ask you what's the best show in Vegas now. That's a great question. So recently we saw Mad Apple. It's New York, New York's be- a new show. It's it was really Cirque cool. Soleil again, or? It's Cirque du Soleil, yes. Um, it was cool because it was a variety show, right? It was a really funny comedian who went to Harvard, and now he's a comedian. And he makes uh, you know a lot of fun of the audience. It's very interactive, and there's like just different acts and just very cool. Yeah. Um, I think O is, uh, is an absolute classic that you have see- yeah. to see at Bellagio. That, it's it's incredible, again, right? yeah. Um, O has been... Wasn't that like the original one? And it's still around. Is I think it? so, yeah. I think, I think they, so. over 23, 28 years or yeah, it's whatever been, it's yeah. been playing. See, I, I would want to go to like David Copperfield as well. Yes. Or pa- I don't know around. if David Blaine is still in Vegas. Is he, he is. still there? I don't know he the is, name. Yeah, yeah. Is he? Because yeah. David Blaine, like, 
He's the other magician. He's a magician. Oh, he looks there's Arabic. so many newer yeah. magicians. Yeah. I know Michael Jackson. Sorry, I, sorry to interrupt, but Michael Jackson is an amazing show to see. Michael Jackson. Mike, yeah, yeah. MJ you know he's go, he's, he hasn't been around for <laughs> quite some he time. He hasn't, right? but I don't want to do spoilers. But the show is incredible, and there's just just a really really good. Is it like, like a hologram? Music, of it's him? hologram You're at, at the end. Me. Yeah, it's just it's a really yeah. one of my favorite shows. Ninette's a Celine Dion. I've been to Celine Dion twice. Mm -hmm. I, oh God. If Celine Dion is there, I gotta book tickets before Celine Dion goes away because Elena will kill me if I <laughs> I don't take her to Celine Dion. Because she just said it. Oh, Ninette, I love Celine. Yeah. Well, I think she's there. I you think got, she you gotta it. get on it, bro. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, w that's what I was saying. I was waiting for everything to go back. You wanted to, normal. to make sure we were coming to this. Hundred percent. Ella, can you can you op can you openly invite Armund as well so he knows that they are invited and I'm Great. not holding him back. I want you to do a Facebook invite so that it's public. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Greg says Mystere is the original Cirque du Soleil. Oh, yeah, Mystere is old too. Yeah, mm -hmm. I've, I've seen Mystere as well. Mystere, there's Ka, there's... Uh, Ka is great. I love Ka. Um, there's a few other ones. Yeah, but oh, Michael Jackson. Okay. Matt Apple is newer. And we'll um, talk, we'll, obviously, we'll be in, we're going to be in touch as yes, far please, as... Yes, please, let me know. Knowing, you know, what to see, what... The do's yes, and don'ts, basically. Yes, the do's and don'ts. But let, let me ask you this. Obviously, we're going to get into uh, other topics, but as far as like gambling is concerned, obviously, uh, uh, full dis uh, we're done di with obviously tonight. A quick disclaimer for everybody. <laughs> um, a quick disclaimer for everybody. If you have a gambling issue, if you're having Stop problems, <laughs> go seek go seek help seriously, yes. because yeah, obviously, gambling is a very serious addiction. And it can ruin families, it can ruin lives, it can lead to, you know, things that are much, much worse in life. But uh, as far as gambling is concerned in Vegas and people that actually hit jackpots and vice versa that go bankrupt, uh, you know, what happens? How do you guys deal with stuff like that? Like people that come in, they say, hey, listen, I lost everything and, you know, I was in the high rollers and... Uh, you know, I, I, I bit off more than I could chew and I can't pay for the room. Like, how does yeah. how do you guys deal with I think that's like a that? great question. But I, again, it's a very highly regulated industry. The gaming board regulates everything. Right. So, for example, when um, when you are addicted and you admit that you're addicted, um, we have, um, you know, 800 numbers and you can self um, self exclusion, I think what it's called, right? Yeah. It's like a brochure that says when the fun stops. So like uh, you're gambling your salary now, your whatever, right? Your livelihood. You can let the casino know and we will stop you from gambling, right? We will put a note Gamblers in the system. They would, right? If they're saying, hey, you know, it's almost like you're on this program um, and you, you self exclude yourself i guess um it's if like, you google like, like when fun, yeah absolutely going to the bartender saying hey buddy listen don't serve me anymore and you know an what <laughs> <laughs> but we also have a policy about that right like you can refuse a drink to the guest if you feel that they are so intoxicated that, yeah. that it's a risk to their life right now so i think there's a lot of safety protocols but at the end of the day you know you have a free choice to stop or, or not yeah. um I think, you know, winnings are awesome. And some of the stories that I hear is a 21 year old from Ohio just hit a jack jackpot. jackpot. And those are our favorite ones because Wheel of Fortune. it's yeah, it's just fun. It's a one time. It's not a gambling. But I think a lot of gamblers, it's a give or take. You know, you win, you lose. And yeah. it's hard to feel sorry. But I do agree. I think with your earlier comment, like if you do have it's a real addiction and it ruins families and 
if you're not a disciplined person, yeah. Vegas is not a good place for you to live because there's. No, I th I think if you look for me, I I I I will gamble a few hours because I love the interaction with people, mm -hmm. talking to people, and just having a drink. Uh, I don't gamble to win, and once I'm done with the mm -hmm. whatever amount that I've designated, I walk away. Or if I win a little bit, I mm -hmm. I, w I, w I, there, I don't think there's really winning when you gamble no matter what whether it's gambling cards or mm -hmm. anything Every, ultimately you give it back it's supposed to be fun yeah when it becomes be i think you're like me as well depressing i take, I take the money as far as like i'm gonna gamble this mm -hmm. i don't look at it as i'm gonna gamble to win this or i look at it as yeah oh, listen this is if this is it's part of the experience yeah if this is yeah. with me at the end of the trip it's with me at the end mm -hmm. of the trip if it's not with me at the end of the trip I chose for it not to be with yeah, me at the end. That, of the that's why you got you can't. But but then the problem is people will win once, and then they think now they've mm -hmm. got the magic touch. They'll go back and lose and lose and lose, and then now they're trying to win all the losings mm -hmm. back, and they continue to lose more, and then they'll win something. Oh, see, it's coming back now. I got to go back. Mm -hmm. It was my lucky draws. Yeah. Now they wear their lucky draws. They don't take a shower <laughs> because they think it's good. And yeah. and you just have fun i mean have fun with it enjoy it it's it's Absolutely. don't 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 lose yourself over it it's not it's not it's not worth it's it not worth it's, it. Not, it's worth not, it. not worth it because it's a you dig you dig yourself into a very deep hole where you know getting out of it is going to take you know more than just a ladder mm -hmm. and rope yeah. so telman clarify this <laughs> so what do you say what is it uh, telman i think you're having a little bit of a uh, uh challenge understanding so what I said was, I said in the 80s and 90s, it used to be more kid-friendly than it is now. Because back then, kids even enjoyed playing at the arcades, right? Now kids don't care for arcades as much anymore mm -hmm. as, as when we were kids. Oh, yeah, the PlayStation killed so, mm -hmm. And yes, I keep on calling it a adult playground, and everybody's agreeing with me, including uh, Ani, who, who worked in Vegas for 12 years. It, it's not a... It's not a family place. It's not a. That's not what Vegas was built for. Vegas was built for adults to go have fun. That's why it's called Sin City. <laughs> you know, you want to. Yeah, he's not, not going to take no and be like, "Hey, no, listen, stand behind the red line." <laughs> Papa's going to. Dad is going to put two hundred bucks <laughs> in this machine yeah. and hope for the best. <laughs> I know they can't even be on the casino floor. It's a bummer. Yeah, I mean, it's it's he's. I think he's right. I I think. Casino-wise, you just go there, husband, wife, or friends, girlfriends, <laughs> boyfriends, doesn't matter what it is. You go and you enjoy it. Mm -hmm. And I think you could do sightseeing. I mean, the city is beautiful, right? You can walk in Bellagio, the Cosmopolitan, see the biggest chandelier in the world, right? Yes. You have that. But yeah. sightseeing, you could do sightseeing. You can go downtown. It's a huge arts, you know, arts scene, right? But you can't, if you go there to be entertained and have a great time, but then see, it's definitely not kid-friendly. I've been to New York a few times. You ask me, New York is not a kid-friendly place. I wouldn't take my kids. Is there places to go? Yes. Central Park is gorgeous. Mm -hmm. You can take them on the uh, ferry, go see the Statue of Liberty, and so on and so forth. But New York is not built for kids. A lot of restaurants don't even allow kids in New York. Really? Yes. So... Here, my, my, my <laughs> wife is texting me. She's disagreeing with me. Her name's Ani, too, by the way. Very nice. She's like, uh, you can definitely take the kids to Vegas <laughs> and have a fun <laughs> family weekend. For the little ones, there's Shark Reef, Discovery Kids Museum, the White Tigers oh, at yeah, the Mirage, Adventure Dome. But see, like, how many times can you do that with the kids? You know what I mean? Well, oh, and then Call it three times, four times. I mean, eventually it's going to be... 
and I and I think it's it's a it's there's a certain age gap for Vegas as well. Taking a taking a 14, 15, 16, 17, 18 year old to Vegas is completely pointless. Mexican, yeah. I yeah. swear <laughs> to God, there's nothing for them to do at that age gap because they're getting to that age where, especially when they're like that 18, 19 year old, where, they question, where they're like, shit, yeah. I want to gamble. Should I go get a fake ID? Should I should I mm-hmm. risk it? And then for like the 14, 15, 16 year olds, they're just like, oh God, what am I doing here? I'm here with my parents. I and, mean, the, and the parents yeah. are on the slot machine. <laughs> <laughs> Papa Jan Nikari Well, I was just gonna say I agree with your wife. And actually it's funny because um, Smith Center is, you know, for performing yes. arts. It has like Broadway shows, right? So There's a lot to see. Earlier you agreed with me. Now all of a sudden know, you I'm find just, out I'm, she has I'm, the same name no, and I know, now I'm, you agree with I'm my wife. I'm biased wife. now, right? Wow. Um you can make it work, but you know. Well, fine, go to New York and make it work. Let me see. See, going back to the, the whole, you know, age gap thing and then kids walking on the strip and cards being passed out. Uh, off the podcast, we actually talked about, uh, you know, prostitution in Vegas and how, you know, a lot of people think, you know, these whole escort cards being handed out and prostitution is kind of a, oh, it's a thing in Vegas. You can call Tiffany and Amber and whoever it is and they'll come hang out with you and then at the end of the night, you know, take them to your room and... Mm-hmm. And what? <laughs> Pop champagne. I think but that's how John lost his virginity. Oh, yeah, I did. Yeah. With the sh- are you talking about the champagne or... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, John. Sorry, John. But... <laughs> but uh, Prostitution is illegal in Vegas. Yes, and thank you for for bringing this up because um, recently, because a lot of hotels are big on this, right? It is absolutely legal. Um, And we went on this uh, workshop where we had a victim, survivor, of um, sex trafficking share um, her story with us. And she published two books after that, you know, after being saved and going through therapy and just really putting her life back together, getting married and everything. She shared her story and she's a huge advocate for um, survivors of, of human and sex trafficking. But despite all the naked advertisement and gentleman clubs and everything you see, um, prostitution is illegal in, in Las Vegas. And, and sadly, um, Nevada has the highest rates of human sex trafficking in the U.S. per capita, following Houston, L.A., New York, Washington, um, D.C., and Chicago. Um, and unfortunately, the kids who are being um, sex trafficked are between ages 13 to 17. A lot of them are from foster care and, you know, come in from the system. And then another um, really sad statistic I thought was crazy was that it says um, – one in six runaways will be lured uh, by a sex trafficker and forced into prostitution within 48 hours of being on their own. So it's a huge industry. It's a billion-dollar industry, but it's a, in my opinion, it's a supply and demand issue. When men pay for sex, they don't know what's up, and that creates demand, right? And unfortunately, the women who are being forced to do, um, you know, Sexual, yeah, sexual acts. favors yeah. uh, and acts are being forced. They're being threatened that, you know, they'll hurt their kids or families or, or they just have nowhere else to go, right? I mean, they brainwash them that, you know, I'm going to buy you nice things. I'm going to uh, take care of you. Uh, and, and, you know, if you grow up in the or come up in the foster care, like, where do you go, right? So 
it's very sad, but there's a lot of um, the, a lot of resources, a lot of nonprofits that help people, and even security um, personnel get trained on how to identify a, a, a minor who could be dressed inappropriately, and you think you know it's a prostitute, but it's yeah. not, right? I think it's only two percent of women that voluntarily want to be prostitutes. But but how? Really? Two percent, yeah. But how are how is it so openly available in Vegas, though, if it's illegal? Because whether it's the passing of the cards or I mean, you can tell even sitting at a bar if one is a you know a concierge or prostitute. The way they approach yeah. and speak. Yeah, to you. And, and I remember there was even at at one point it was to the to 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 the extent where I think even if somebody was not a prostitute, it was it was this was I want to say maybe fifteen or ten fifteen years ago, and maybe still now I don't know, but where. Even if they were not necessarily a prostitute, it, it they were probably even asking for money just because it was so widely spread that it's like, well, okay, I might as well just ask for a couple hundred bucks or you know buy me a drink or something, and it just it it, it seemed like the norm. That's why it's surprising mm-hmm. to even a lot of our audience because I think there's a there's one one small area that's legal, right, where that yes. guy owns the. I think used to own the bunny ranch or something. Yeah, I think it's in Pahrump where prostitution is legal. Yeah. But but everywhere else, I I've read it too that mm-hmm. it's illegal. But it's just surprising how it's so blatantly out there. Because yeah, the the bunny ranch was there was a big misconception. Everybody thought the bunny ranch was in Vegas, which it was it not. No, it, it was not. No, it was outside of Vegas. <coughs> yeah, but yeah. See what he's what Armand's mentioning is, you know, those guys handing out those cards. It's so, it's so obvious that okay, hey, listen, mm-hmm. you're not hiring you know the escort to walk around with you for you know from craps table to blackjack table to poker room i mean there's intent there mm-hmm. and you know it, it's just it's so it's so obvious that you know that's what it's for why aren't the police actually cracking down on it or better yet why aren't they making it legal yeah. taxing it having these girls go through if you want to be a prostitute go be a prostitute uh having these girls go through health checks, mm-hmm. regulations, um, STD checks, all that stuff, just like they do in Amsterdam, mm-hmm. red light district. I, have, I haven't been to the red light. How, how is it there? I don't know. I haven't no. been there. I would, I, <laughs> but I think it's, it's a legalized industry. It's like buying <laughs> yeah, a drink at the bar. <laughs> uh, no, you get a receipt yeah, and, you know. Like why why yeah. can't they regulate it like they regulate everything else? Like you were mentioning, everything from drugs to prostitution, mm-hmm. all that stuff, just legalize it but tax it. I mean, why can't Las Vegas do something like that where they, you know, it's controlled? Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. Yeah. But that's a great question. Robert, Robert says because they can't prove intent as, as far as, I guess, what he's referring to is uh, whether it's legal or illegal or what your intention was approaching the woman or I, I think the it's one of the hardest things is like we you know we have to go through this training is like how do you recognize the signs right how do you know if this person is is in that two percent like no I choose to do this this is my way of making a living yeah. whereas no I'm, I'm 17 this, years yeah. old and I'm doing this because my pimp threatens my life and physically abuses me every night if I don't bring in x amount of number mm-hmm. you know x amount of dollars or whatever I think it's very hard, but I know there's a huge focus, and I know this thing spike up during big sporting events and 
big city sports games and and you know it's it's very sad because sometimes it's also parents um who would use their children for sex trafficking or human yeah. trafficking and gain profit from it so it's a very painful topic but um i think it's worth mentioning and bringing awareness because yeah. um, like it's like to you a woman is basically taking a massive gamble Going up to somebody's room, not knowing who it is, if they're gonna, you know, pay you for whatever you're gonna be doing with them, if you're even gonna come out alive, mm-hmm. uh, or you know where he's gonna take you, or uh, it's 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 just like it baffles well, me that at least within the Vegas hotels, there's cameras everywhere, so the process will be there within the security system, right? Now, obviously, not in the room itself, but mm-hmm. so that safety aspect is there because. They can track down how the transaction took place down in the common areas and so on and so forth until you get to the room. No, I get it. I get it. But it's like so many people can book rooms for somebody else. You know, you you invite somebody up. God forbid you. uh, Again. It's like a mafia, though. It's a very challenging thing. And I know I I, I go to GV Christian. It's a Christian non-denominational church. And one of the pastors was talking about that he runs a nonprofit that you know, cracks down on human trafficking, sex trafficking yeah. in Las Vegas. And I know he was sharing some success stories where if they catch just one, then it kind of unravels yeah. an entire chain whole, and whole the whole web. Yeah. Whole web. Yeah, so they, it, they basically start writing each other out. Absolutely. Yeah. So see, I, I don't mention that. That's, that's what I was referring to. He's like, sometimes even, you know, you'll talk to a girl, you'll hook up a girl and you go to the room. And then once you're in the room, she, tells you her rates and you had no idea she was <laughs> <laughs> so what do you do all at that point you ask for a refund or champagne bottle <laughs> <laughs> i mean that's a good question like what do you do like how do you know i mean i don't Th- know that, I that's guess. what i'm referring to there was a point i remember when uh when i was single we we frequented vegas with my friends a lot and it's like you, you just had no idea um Everybody seemed that you know you would approach them. It it, it kind of would somehow transition oh, into she's super friendly yeah. today. <laughs> well, it's you know. So I think I just remember some of the signs is they don't have any personal belongings, right? So the pimp takes your social security, your passport, your green, whatever, right? You have no paperwork, and they have um, you know they're young, right? Imagine like they're young, they're minors um, a lot of times. And You're kidding me? Yeah, they minors. Yeah, so their um, sex trafficking is between ages 12 to 14 or 13 to 17. Yeah. Um, but that that's one of the signs, right? It's like they're not allowed to talk for them, themselves or at front desk. Like if you have this older men speaking on behalf of you, you don't have your paperwork. May I see your ID? You don't have an ID, right? You don't have any personal belongings. I think there are signs, and please Google, right? Like what are signs to recognize a victim from someone who chose yeah. to do prostitution? But it's a very touchy now, subject. Does the does the hotel itself, or do you guys, uh, as let's say management or the staff, have any type of authority or responsibility? Because you you mentioned you go through training. Mm-hmm. Are you supposed to ag- identify anybody you think could possibly be a victim and then try to help them, or what? Yes, yeah, the so protocol? Th- there's a protocol. You just a lot of times you call security and you just report, and security shows up, and they are the trained personnel to kind of really distinguish. And of course, 
you know, they know also, you know, the behind the stuff scene, who's yeah. who and who's allowed, who's not. So I think first first thing you do is if something doesn't look right, see something, say something, right? Something is suspicious. And sometimes it's just a gut feeling, right? It's just something is off and you just can't put your finger on it. So you can always call security. But, uh, but, but will train. anything actually happen, though? Anything come it from would it? happen. It would happen. Except for getting that girl into now trouble where she's going to go get beat up by the pimp or something. Well, now at that point, you're hoping that you can get that girl some sort of help. Yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of the training is also like that's what the survivor was telling us is a lot of girls want to come out and tell security. But sometimes if they're addressed in the same manner that the pimp addresses them, which is with profanity or saying, oh, there's this whatever, right? They're like, oh, I'm just, you know, there's no self-worth, right? There's yeah. no love, and, and that's how they're brainwashed, right? You don't, you're nobody, you're nothing, you're not loved. This is this is your self-worth, right? So I think it's a lot of sensitivity training, right? Like once you know, how do you not scare them off? Because you, you want to kind of um, approach them in a very sensitive manner where you want to crack down the, the, you know, the core issue. Yeah. Um, Get them, get them help, basically. Get them help, absolutely. It, it, it's so sad when you think about it. I mean, just, just that whole process to have to go through that because you're forced to buy, buy a pimp because your family's life mm-hmm. is in jeopardy. I mean, it, especially, especially if they're much younger, like the demographic you talked about, the 13 through mm-hmm. 17. I mean, that's those are children. They're... Mm-hmm. They're teenagers with their children. Like how? Yeah, the, the, it, the thought of that is just—it's so very disturbing. And and like I said, I'll, I'll share the link of the survivor story. She has published a few books, but she said it took her years of therapy. And then once she finally fell in love, there was no trust. Obviously, broken relationships and everything. On her wedding day, she said she started crying, and she said, "Am I dirty? Am I worthy of being married and being your wife?" Right? And she broke down and. This, I literally was sitting in training and crying the entire time because it was just so unreal. Like I'm like, how can this be real? But it's a real issue. It's it's out there, and I just wanted to bring awareness to it. Mm. Yeah, man, it's crazy. I mean, I, I can't even imagine the psychological therapy mm-hmm. they have to go through to cut to basically fix themselves. Because look at it this way, man. It's they're sleeping with not like one or two men. I mean, you're talking about multiple men a day. Yeah, and you have a X amount a of a quota. Yeah. Absolutely. If you don't bring in that money, then you're in trouble. You'll be either yeah. physically abused, physically abused, I guess. Yeah. But, but again, it, it boils down to the problem comes from the the customers. If there's no customers. That's what I said. It's a right? supply and demand issue. You like, know, there's. Guys, don't be customers. <laughs> Don't pay for sex. Yeah, don't pay for (laughs) sex. I mean, look, essentially all men pay for sex, right? Essentially. What the hell are you talking about? Why don't you come near the mic? I'll explain it to you. What the hell are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) This is where I say no comment. That's where I say no comment. (laughs) Well, essentially all men pay for sex. Go ahead. Who pays for majority of the expenses in your household? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I wouldn't you, call that paying for you, sex. You want me to call that? <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say that. 
I would not, I would what not would consider <laughs> that paying for sex. Uh, okay. call, listen, call listen, it what you want, but listen, listen, man. I don't, I don't, I don't know the people you're talking to, but it's like, hey, pay the water bill. No, All right, well, you're not gonna get it. Sometimes. <laughs> Is that how it works? That's not how life works. You pay it so they don't shut off the water bill. I'm not having sex with the water bill company. You may have get a you may have a text from let your me, wife. Well, okay. Look, let let's break it down. This is now now we're there's gonna, no fi- family dynamic not, for those girls. That's n- the problem. Now we're gonna get into Andrew Tate territory. But <laughs> the fact that the fact that men work their asses off uh-huh. to to become successful and what why to to marry you know a high higher valued woman right like at the seven and eight and nine whatever they can get right okay. right okay. men don't be well, why do men work hard to be successful men work hard to be successful to not worry about you know the woman basically talking down to them that's what that, that's that, what it that, is that's what it is that's it's what it, that's one of the things so the woman doesn't talk down well to no them. if you're talking about a traditional type of so-called relationship where it's like well you know, you're the man, I'm the woman, you go work, you make the money, I'll stay at home, I'll stay with the kid. Okay. Imagine if the man's a bum, what's going to happen? And the wife is home. Be- before you got married, before you get married, um, okay, why are men aspiring to become successful? Well, it's just... It's th- the, the biggest chase guys have in their life is girls. <laughs> that's what they're chasing. That, I mean, that's the reality of things. What, again, what is Vegas about? All the glamour, all the... What is that about? It's all about money, right? The more money you have, the more fun you can have, the better restaurants, the more expensive champagne, more expensive wine, the fancier car you pull in a private jet. that's That's what all guys aspire to have. So they can attract the sexiest, most beautiful women to Okay. Why is this going? (laughs) No, my point is, at, at every point in your life, you're essentially paying for everything... To, to get what you what you want out of life, whether that's from from a girl, from your wife. But how a, much has that changed culturally recently in the past it, it has. five to ten mm-hmm. years? In what in what sense? As far as the drive that most guys have, how many guys do you know that actually have that same drive that you're talking about nowadays? Not very many, especially in the well, especially in this next generation. Well, the next generation's drive is different. Well, the that's next what I'm generation's saying. drive is more about instant gratification and YouTube money and Instagram money. It's not. It's not only Instagram money. It's it's more of a clout, trying to find clout, basically fake it till you make it. Bullshit. That's what it's about now. Look at look at those. Did it, did we talk about the uh, uh, what's it called the uh, Island Boys on the podcast? Yes. You saw what happened with the Island Boys. They're broke now. Well, a lot of people in crypto are broke. Well, it's not only crypto, but it's it's there, there's people there's people that don't know how to manage money, and when they don't see money, and all of a sudden all this, you know, these dollar bills show up, they go, "Holy shit, what am I gonna do?" Right, but whether they fake it or not, my point is, it's always been that way. You know, back in the days, kings fought against countries over a woman, over a princess, over. I get it. It's the whole story of Troy. I get it. It's always gonna be changed, like it's never man. gonna change. It's changed, man. It, okay. you, I mark mark my words. This next generation that's coming up has changed a lot of things. There's more of a, the whole again nothing against women, but empowering women, equal movement, all that equal stuff. Rights, it's equal yeah. rights, equal movement, equal pay. All that is is being is being you know 
shoved in people's faces. That's not gonna remember that? Remember that's that not meme? I stick around very long. Remember that meme I put up the other day? We got. I don't know if you saw it, but because when you start following us, you'll see the memes where it said, you know, the guy's gonna basically debunk why men and women are getting paid equal, unequally. So there's men, there's there's lawyers, doctors, engineers, and then there's women that get paid less, like women lawyers, women doctors, women engineers. It's becoming there's there's be, there's a joke being made out of it, but as far as Generational-wise, mark my words, you'll see it, that these 16-, 17-, 18-year-old kids that are up and coming, you'll see that the women are going to be more successful than the men. And they have more drive than the men. But isn't that, Mm -hmm. I think, a good thing? Like, thinking about our culture, right, Armenian culture. You know, I I grew up in an environment where, I'm glad my parents are listening, but maybe not fully understanding me. (laughs) But, you know, it's a very male-dominant. And I'm not talking about, like, your role as a Mm. man, as, you know, the the head of household or whatever, but more like, I run the money, I run the show, you're the woman, you don't have a voice, you don't have a place in society, right? You know, there are certain roles, like you're a mom and your place is in the kitchen, right? Even, I mean, you know, there were ads in 1950 saying women's place is in the kitchen. So I think those things where, yes, I'm all about, traditional family yeah. and values but i do think that there's nothing wrong with being successful or as successful as as you know your your partner your husband or just being more successful right it's just really about equality in a sense that you're not less because of your gender you're not less because you're a woman you know you can be successful and i think you know i think that inspired me like seeing how in my family my dad always held power in a sense it doesn't matter how hard my mom worked and how you know all of that it was just really at the end of the day is whatever he says goes and i'm like why does it have to be that way like why don't you have a voice why can't you be an equal contributor and decision maker and now you know even financially sometimes my husband says like oh you have money issues because you're super independent because i'm like i grew up in a family where like my dad ran the show, and I don't like that. And I think there has to be a balance and respect. But see, that, that's you know, the thing. there's it's nothing a, wrong with a, that. It's a cultural thing as well, because I think in especially in the Armenian culture, uh, you know, the man that makes the most, the man that makes the money is the breadwinner. You know, again, it's unfortunate, but a lot of them would talk down to their wives, and they would say, you know what, I'm the man of the house, I'm the breadwinner. You know, you have to listen. And I think that's where the cultural aspect of our people should have changed because they have to look at it as um you know yeah i am i am the breadwinner i make the money but at the end of the day you know a lot of these moms are super moms Mm -hmm. like you know we got two kids at home my wife she hasn't been back to work yet but you know just seeing what she does with both kids juggling it Mm -hmm. you have to appreciate yeah and you have to respect that because you know not every guy can do that like, there are times where, you know, my wife will step out, you know, she'll go have her time, whether it's at the gym, nails, hair, whatever it is, and I'm with both the kids. And, dude, juggling two kids is, is hard, especially when one of them is a, you know, infant, infant and the mm-hmm. other one is a toddler. Well, not even a toddler, but, you child. know, she's a child where, you know, this one's hungry, this one <laughs> crapped himself, <laughs> this one's moody, and you're just like, all right, and then, and then especially when they're, one's a boy, one's a girl, mm-hmm. You're just like, okay, shit, okay, what do I do here? Like, it's like, it, it, it's very, very difficult. That's why, you know, you can't put differences. If you're the breadwinner, you be the breadwinner, mm-hmm. whether, you're the, whether you're the husband or you're the wife. But as far as the other person is concerned, 
you got to give super props to them, no matter who they are, whether it's a stay-at-home dad or a stay-at-home mom. I, I'm not saying you don't give props. What I'm saying is women aspire to be successful for a different reason. No, than I, know, I know. I know. I, women I agree don't with aspire to be successful so that they can get the hottest guy. No. The pr- I, yeah. The, you, I get what do, you mean. Do there. they? I don't, I don't I, think so. Women no, 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 aspire no. to be successful for the independence. Absolutely. But men aspire to be successful to get the hottest girl. That's, that, <laughs> that's, that, that's, well, that's how is. we're wired. Okay, that's but that's what wired. I'm saying. You're saying, no, it's change. It's not changing. Even if it changes for a generation, and, and again, the, the old quote is, right, the weak times are going to, uh, tough times are going to create weak men, which that's where we're at right now. There's a lot of weak men in, in this generation coming up, which is going to create tough times. And then those tough times are going to create strong men. And then the cycle is going to repeat itself. So I think... This whole Gen Z, yeah, I, I don't care for them. They're weak-minded. They're just everything is about feelings I, and. I think we've, yeah. we're on the same page but, with this. But man. then the next generation is gonna make up for that. That's the alphas. Because these guys are gonna ruin society. The alphas or whatever it's gonna be called. I don't know what they're called. I don't follow the. That's names our of kids. Our mm-hmm. kids, or w- w- they have to come in and fix that crap. That's just the way it is. Do you know why it's like that? Because we're a different generation. We're looking down. We're looking at this other generation being up, you know, mm-hmm. raised. We're looking at it. We're like, holy shit! What what is going on? Why are they? Why is everybody so soft? So what do you do? You're like, mm-hmm. you want to make sure your kid's not like that. So how do you raise your kid? You raise them, discipline, Absolutely. tradition, the opposite, yeah. opposite. And then when your kid grows up, and then they look at the so-called other generation, they go, well, I don't want to be like that. But again, I, I think you and I are on the same page as far as we're talking about you just know the name of the generation i don't <laughs> i guess it's called alpha i don't know alpha's the ne- alpha's the our, kids. One, it's our kids it's our kids mm-hmm. oh, i'm glad it's called alpha and not beta oh next is beta it's a cycle man <laughs> next is beta it's a cycle like see look at look at the what was the generation prior to the hippies it was oh, it was the a traditionalist the, the, right world war ii veterans you know they saw the industrial, like, it, it, yeah. was the, it was the boom of the revolution, of, of, as far as the Great Depression. They saw hard times, created tough men, right? Uh, Levick, yeah, hard times create strong men, strong men yeah. create good times, so, good w- times create weak men. Look, hard times, right? World War II, yeah. Great Depression, hard times created tough men. And then they had kids. What did their kids become? Peace and love, man. <laughs> Everybody's got to be, you know, we got to love each other. And then after their generation, it created yeah. you know tougher people, and it's 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 a cycle. It's it's weak, old, weak, I mean, weak, soft, What's, weak, soft, weak, soft. Well, you and I are even different generation. You two are. The I'm same a millennial. Gen- I'm a millennial. You two are I'm the 86. same generation. Yeah, I'm eighty-five. What am I? Gen. gen you're gen, gen. Z. Gen Z. Am I Z? No, I think no, 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 he's no, no, no. before. You're before us. Yeah, Levig, what generish, generation? You're a boomer. Yeah, you're a baby boomer. I'm not a baby boomer. <laughs> Hold on, hold on. Do hold you on, know what on. baby boomer is? <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on. Born in like the 50s. <laughs> hold on. What year were you born? As, who's Gen X? Gen X? Oh, we're Gen X, Levy? Gen X, there we go. Gen X, Gen X, Gen X, Gen X. Harry, you're son. baby boomer, no? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're Gen X. You're Gen X. You're Gen X. So you're before us. Then we're We're millennials. Yeah. We're millennials. You called me a baby boomer. With a lot no, of no, 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 no. It, it was a mistake. It was we'll a just confuse the terms. Our parents are baby boomers. <laughs> That's true. Our parents are baby boomers. But yeah, uh, the the millen- the millennials uh, the millennials kids are the ones that are basically the saviors, quote unquote. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, man. <laughs> Sorry, Harry. 
<laughs> I have to go there with you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Anyways, uh, what else? What else you got for us? What else? You, well, what let's else talk you about talk? Vegas more. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Sin City, right? We got it. Like, okay, so so how? What's what's the ideal? Is there an ideal way to travel to Vegas as far as like? How do you set things up correctly? How do you get the right room? How do you book the right restaurants and all? Like, what, what's not only the fashionable way, but also the right way of? Because I, I, I think no matter where you go, there's a way to travel to that specific destination, <laughs> and Vegas is no different. You know, that's a good question. I think the biggest <laughs> thing is like being overly prepared but also being spontaneous about vegas is, is awesome but i know a lot of hotels have a concierge service right so just like you know you're on a cruise you go to a guest services desk or whatever concierge is, is your go-to you call them right. and you're like hey i need i'm coming it's a family of four we have kids what activities would you recommend uh, but also like i think first doing your research where do you want to go what type of experience you want to have um and then calling to concierge for that specific hotel resort to find out like you know details about can my five-year-old come to dinner or you know whatever yeah um but yeah I mean, I'm but thinking. how how important or how much of a difference does it make to be a member of the of the casino or the hotel of your liking like whether it's cosmo or win or circus circus how <laughs> <laughs> a lot of bed wrap <laughs> about circus circus <laughs> Guys, I had to. <laughs> you want to go be a member of the Circus Circus Gold Card member? <laughs> like this at the win, at the Bellagio, at the Caesars Palace. Is that you trying to go Caesars? Is that what you're trying to go? <laughs> no, no, I'm curious. Does the like the membership yes. make a difference as far as your experience goes? Or? Yes. Yeah. So I think the biggest thing with memberships, it's a loyalty program, right? At the end of the day, just like you earn 5% back, 3% back yeah. on your credit card. So all those um, resorts have a loyalty yeah. club game, you know, gamer, gaming club, gamers club, whatever. Um, okay. So um, some give you 3% back on your spend. Um, and some of the best ones um, without advertising our resort is you get points on your spend um, regardless of gaming, right? Let's say you go to the spa. You room charge or, you know, you swipe your card, you get points for mm. your, you know, old experiences, you know, outside of gaming, which is right. great. Because, yeah. again, a lot of people don't just come to Vegas to gamble, right? It, it's all types of experiences. So I think it's important because you earn points and then you spend the points to, it's almost like um, free money, right? You earn points, you redeem it however you want. But also you get return trips, right? You get buffet, you know, two for one or show tickets yeah. or room nights or complimentary parking. Yeah. Where, So it, 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 it matters. Also, the higher the tier you go, the more benefits come with that, right? Let's say for maybe 800, you get a room night. Whereas if you spend 3,000, you may get a transportation. You may get a lot of, um, you know, complimentary yeah. experiences. So like, I think it's definitely if you're going to go to a resort, make sure you have a membership, membership card, card yeah. um, because it. It really takes care of you as, as you spend do money. You, do you recommend putting everything on the room? Um, I mean, it doesn't matter. You can take your receipts to whatever the membership desk is. They can still give you points for that, but it's the easiest way to tie your membership number to your reservation so that you could room charge it. Yeah, It's just easier, seamless experience. You don't have yeah. to pay for cards and worry about anything. 
the last time we were in Vegas was for a seminar for uh, for an convention we went to. But you know, when we would have lunch, we would have drinks, we would have dinners. You know, I would always say, you know, put it on the room, put okay. it on the room. And one of my colleagues was saying, well, "Why are you putting everything on the room? It's gonna like it's gonna it's gonna add up, and then you're gonna have to like." I'm like What's the difference? And I'm like, I'm not gonna say his name. I'm not gonna say his name because I'm gonna see him tomorrow. Difference. I said, "Hey, Bob." What difference does it make? I'm yeah. gonna go. I'm Still gonna have to pay, pay it. for it. He goes, "Yeah, but you're putting it on the room." I'm like, "And? Yeah, it's it's on the room though." I'm like, "Okay, please elaborate. What is the difference?" Maybe I'm like, if I give them my credit card right now and they swipe it and I sign <laughs> off on it, what's the difference between that and me basically mm-hmm. when I'm checking out? I might have gambled a little bit more. Where they possibly comp something? He goes, mm-hmm. "Is that how it works?" <laughs> Yeah, I mean the only diff- the only exception is maybe if you have like a corporate credit card. If your company is paying for your experience, you may want to. I don't know. I guess you s- if you separate your room from yeah. your experiences, but My yeah, from charging. Pay for it, so. <laughs> he owes his company money. <laughs> <laughs> you run the company. Yeah, Levick, you're still yelling, by the way. Levick, turn off your caps, please. I, uh, how many episodes has it been? We tell Levick just turn off the capital letters. Turn off the caps. <laughs> Is he on his phone with caps? That means he's like he's fully <laughs> locked in on caps. I love caps. There we go. See now. I love caps. That. Do you feel like when somebody's typing in caps, they're yelling at you? Yes. So uh, it's funny because you know we we train and we do a lot of communication workshops and there's do's and don'ts. Do not email. Do not reply all is my favorite rule. Meaning? As in like- <laughs> Meaning like if you got an email and there's hundreds of other people, don't reply all because you're <laughs> blasting everyone with congratulations. Yeah. I'm excited for your promotion. And then please don't use caps exclamation points because you're yelling technically. Really? Yes. Exclamation points too. Mm-hmm. You hear that, kids? <laughs> yeah, if you're super excited, you can use the exclamation word. But one, don't go like three, yeah. four, five. <laughs> but uh, as far as I mean, whatever amount you can share, like as far as <clears throat> the whole hospitality, the, the because like you you mentioned, it's about the experience. About it's about how you make that individual or the family feel when they're visiting your your. Uh, Do you call it a hotel or what's the right? So that's a great question. So Trump Hotel is a hotel because it doesn't have the gaming component. Whereas we call it a resort. It's a destination, right? You can do a spa, you can do shopping, you can go to the pool, you can gamble. So we call it a resort because it's kind of more inclusive. It's a resort, hotel, and casino. So meaning, it's a hotel, it's a bed you can sleep in, it's a casino you can gamble, but it's also it's a destination. Mm. You can go to a concert, you can go to sports book. So so resort is the proper resort, and and it's depending on what what brand we're talking about. What what do they call Morango here? Morango Hotel and Casino? Is that what they call it? Yeah. Because they may not have entertainment, right? They may not have concerts. They yeah, don't have they don't, theater. Yeah, yeah. They, they don't have it every once in a while, but it's not like it's constantly mm-hmm. like Vegas. Vegas is every night. Mm-hmm. Every night there's a concert. So, so as far as like the the key three th- key things that you focus on when do you, do you do any of the training as far as how they should greet yes. clients walking yes. in or uh, yeah. so? How, what so, what are the yeah. three things that that's really important for, for Cosmo? That's a great question. So, um, yes, my team does all of the training, and, and believe it or not, it, it's very extensive, and not just for Cosmopolitan, but these hotels and resorts have over 
5,200 different standards that they have to meet during all interactions. And we have um, such thing um, as secret shops, right? So you can be a secret shopper to shop and uh, see if you're really doing yeah. smiling or, or whatnot. But um, there's some things that we call hospitality basics, right? Um, and it's um, smiling and eye contact. It's super important. You know, that's why I talked about like the old Vegas, right? The handshake, you know, shaking someone's head, looking ahead, hand, looking them in the eye and smiling and welcoming them. You know, I think it's powerful. Um, big thing is um, connection, you know, making a personal connection, right? You know, you come to Vegas with children and I say, oh my goodness, you'll bring your children. You have a five-year-old, I have a five-year-old. Now we have something in common. Very much, yeah. Absolutely, that's outside of this transaction. Like, okay, check in, here's a key. And, you know, uh, making a connection. Um, making guests feel welcome, I think, is, is huge. Um, and also, there's a lot of standards around sense of urgency, right? You know, you can't take forever. It has to be an efficient um, transaction. It has to be timely, but it, it, you can't rush the guests. Right. This is their space, um, and we want to make them feel like, you know, you belong here. And that's our tagline for employees, you belong here, right? So, um, and at the end, you want to close, right? People tend to remember the book ends of the interaction. The first seven seconds it's when you met me is what you're going to remember mm -hmm. and you're going to remember how i ended the interaction with right so you know closing your conversation in a way that's meaningful like armon you're going to a show enjoy the show let me know how it goes you know you know i'd yeah, love to hear yeah. about your experience right so that's how you're going to remember so i think it's it's more of a you know we call it an emotional connection right if, if i connect with you or or if you're armenian i say something in armenian mm -hmm. or you know i you know i close the interaction you know with in russian if you're russian to give the guests kind of that home away from home feeling is yeah. what creates that connection. So I think we're really big on, on that, you know, it, it's um, service, right? It's the technical delivery of the service, whereas hospitality is, it comes from heart, right? You know, smiling and welcoming someone. And I think that that's huge just for the industry, not specifically to the cosmopolitan. Did I answer your yeah, question? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because, because for example, like for me, when I look at a resume, I I always look for, not not I look for, but if if I see it, guaranteed I'm gonna invite them for an interview. Mm -hmm. If they have like a Starbucks or a Macy's or some type of big corporate service. service on their resume, I know they've gone through customer service training extensive, so that's something I don't really have to focus on mm -hmm. myself, and so. That's a plus. So any t or even hotels, if I see Marriott or mm -hmm. anything on, on on their resume, usually I'm I mean that that's one of the key things that I, I have to meet with you and interview. Um. Assuming they even show up to the interview. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's called ghosting. By ghosting. the way, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, one thing I want to talk about that is um, sorry, I forgot. But oh, we talk about having hospitality in heart. Like we don't really focus on your experience like if you're hospitable if you're gracious yeah. if you're friendly and i think that's why hospitality is such an incredible industry right like you can really be successful i mean i don't have a hospitality degree a lot of the ceos and executives don't have an hospitality Do they degree. have like an mba or they have an mba or they have a, they have just degrees from yeah. everywhere right but i think they are you know they are people, people, right? And that's what we say. People are at the heart of our industry. Yeah. And if you have the people skills, we'll train you the systems. But if you don't know how to be kind and gracious and welcoming, then it, it's not your industry. Like right. imagine the robotic type of people greeting you. Mm. You can't have that. 
Hi, thank you for coming. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, welcome to the Cosmopolitan. How may I help you? Like, you can't. You cannot. Like, imagine the turn off on the on the mm -hmm. customer walking yeah. in. Like, front, mind you, this is like you walk in, first person you see. You want to make sure they're the most smiley, mm -hmm. inviting person Absolutely. with this positive energy. You walk up, welcome to the Cosmopolitan. Uh, do you have a reservation or are you <laughs> just checking in? Like, I'll be like, yeah. okay, honey, we're. Book, book another room right now. Uh, well, you're talking about it more like a motel on Colorado, <laughs> Colorado, motel Colorado, Colorado Boulevard. <laughs> Imagine one of those interviews with you. So why why do you want the job? I don't know. I just quit my other job. Yeah, I, just like, I, well, I have nothing else going on in my life, so why not? It's so funny. So I have those corporate cards. So like if you go somewhere and someone wows you with an experience, right? It's a recruiting strategy. I can say, hey, you know, do you want to work for a great resort? I can recruit you to work for us. But sometimes, like, I had this really good friend of mine. Um, she was in the industry for a long time. She Her thing was, life is short, work somewhere awesome. Like, if you're going to go through yeah. a, a job, right, I spend, like, 50, 60 hours a week with my coworkers and at my workplace, more than with my husband and my kids and my family. So it, life is short. Like, if you're miserable, get a job elsewhere. But I remember going to walmart whatever i'm gonna say it and this one guy was like so miserable like and i'm like oh my god you're so miserable so i was like hey you know you seem young and like a nice guy but you're just so miserable you like yeah so because it's just like it just hurts you right like it, you know I, I say walmart because it's very diverse there's all types of people yeah. but i think exactly you you feel the energy when someone is passionate and someone loves being where they are and what they do you and i think him, that's you contagious you should have offered him a job Listen, <laughs> no I can give you a job at the Cosmopolitan. You know what? Well, funny story is, uh, one time there was this vet on the street with a sign like, I'm a vet. I'm looking. He was like a homeless. He was, you know, whatever, asking for money. And I pulled my car, and I was on my way to work, and I was like, hey. Because um, he didn't seem like he was on drugs or anything. I was like, hey, you know, we have a great veteran recruiting program. Like, how about here's a card. You know, oh, come veteran. And, and, I, I, I yeah, thought I'm you sorry, said veterinarian. veteran. That's no, veteran. 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 Yeah, I was like, okay. how about you come and apply and let's, you know, get you a job, right? Like, and, and we do have a lot of success stories where people, like, overcame sure. homelessness and found a job. And um, so I think there's just great stories from, from you know, from Vegas, yeah. from the industry, but definitely good service So what, what do you specifically look for when you're interviewing? That's a good question. Um, and my team knows I... Talk about having a teachable like, spirit. Like, would you hire my friend Telman to work at <laughs> I don't <the> know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, we, we talk a lot about, like, being a good match, meaning you have the tactical knowledge and experience to do the job. You're an accountant. You have a degree. You know how to do spreadsheets, whatever mm -hmm. your job requires. And there's a good fit. Like, are you a good cultural fit for my organization, for my company, for my hospital? Do you understand the values? Do you understand what's important to us? Because, again, we believe that, I can train how to use this system, this device, but if you don't have hospitality and heart, if you don't, you're, if people don't make you happy, like the best part of my job is going to work and talking to people. You have to be a people person. Man. You have to be care. a people person. If you, if, you, if you can't be a people person, if you can't interact with people face to face, mm -hmm. go work for Apple, Apple's freaking, uh, what's it called? Telemarketing department. You, you just can't. If it's especially Cosmo or like Win somewhere mm -hmm. high end, you want to make sure you, you know, 
you're the right fit yeah. for that position. For that position, absolutely. And I think there's so many openings. I know someone was asking if the company is hiring, or there's so many openings in the industry that sometimes what um, you know managers or hiring managers do say, like, wow, I don't really interviewed well, but I think he will do better in this role. I remember interviewing one guy um, who was a veteran, who had a great experience, and he was in the housekeeping audition. And I'm thinking to myself, like, just doesn't add up like he's a young good looking guy like why he doesn't go for security officer so after the audition he's like six two six three <laughs> built like a brick <laughs> I mean, he was I really like, you know uh, just I want to lift great... the mattress <laughs> so anyway so I, I you know after the audition i pulled him to the side i was like hey you know I'm, I'm curious and his story was he had a young child you know his wife was still you know not working he just needed a job and he didn't know that he can apply for security he thought mm-hmm. he needs special training or certificates or whatever and he was just so grateful and thankful that i you know end up kind of offering him that and it was just great and he you know grew up the ranks and did great things with his career but sometimes just people don't know that they can do this or that and sometimes you just need the guidance that's why i love the hospitality like Mm -hmm. restaurant industry even though restaurant industry for instance has the highest failure rate as, as a business owner but I, I've always been attracted to it because it's one of the few areas where people will go to, let's say, a resort Vegas mm-hmm. or go to a restaurant, spend $500, not even think twice about it. I'm not talking about mm-hmm. 5000 just $500. Next day, they'll take their three-year-old to a dentist and bitch about a $50 copay. Mm-hmm. And, well, why do I have to pay this? You just spent five hundred dollars mm-hmm. yesterday for, you know, some sushi, whatever you had. You didn't even blink an eye. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to hospitality, people are willing to spend all kinds of money. Absolutely. And you're, like you said, you're just, it, it, it's such a people-driven industry that, mm-hmm. and and I and I love that aspect of it. Mm-hmm. But I've never ever been in it. I've never worked at a restaurant. <laughs> I've never worked at a resort or hotel. But it's something that I've always mm-hmm. wanted to do because of just being able to constantly see, you know, people coming in yeah. and they're excited having to be there. Yeah, having yeah. a good time. When I see people working at these resorts, I'm like, man. What a fun job. Yeah, what a yeah. fun job it is. Like, and, and that's kind of always my, you know, we're people, we all have bad days. And, you know, when you work in operations, you have to do pre-shifts, right? Okay, yeah. good morning, everyone. It's a busy day, whatever. And one of the things is like we are in like, the business of making you know we're in the business of creating memories right exactly. i can be yeah. part of your wedding part of your you know celebration and and you know at one time i remember i had a guest that was celebrating beating cancer right so there's all types of life yeah. reasons people celebrate and i'm like what a fun industry like when the guest walks into that room and and they say wow this is so beautiful like you are part of that experience, Almost. right? You create that. Um, and I think it's it's incredible, you know, and there's a lot of pride in that. So, um, and I think that comment about like 80s Vegas, right? It was mm-hmm. that, that you go to the bar to Bobby. Bobby's your yeah, bartender yeah. who's been there for 20 years. And there's well, that connection, right? Um, speaking you know? of that type of bar, there's this place in Burbank called the Smokehouse. It's the largest rest- restaurant in Burbank as far as it, it, it holds up to 700 people, so it's huge. Yeah, uh, right near Forest Lawn when you're going up Barham. Anyway, my friend Gary and I went there, um, I want to say about three months ago, 
so we're sitting at the bar, and that's one when you said eighties Vegas, <laughs> the carpet hasn't been changed ever, probably. <laughs> you walk in, you could smell the carpet, but that's what people come there for. Mm-hmm. So we're sitting down at the bar. This older gentleman sits next, sits next to us, handsome looking man, and we talk to him. We have a couple of drinks. We actually end up buying him the drinks. Gary ends up buying him the drinks, uh, and he's. We said, well, "What do you? What did you do prior to this?" You know, he says, "Well, you know, I used to be in Hollywood, uh, and this is a regular spot I come to all the time." And so we just chatted for about half an hour. We left, and then. I come home two days later, 81 years old, keep in mind. Very fit guy, too. He, he actually, because he was sitting next to me and Gary was next, on the other side, he's like, you know, I could beat you in arm wrestling. I said, <laughs> <laughs> I said, I said you sure you want to arm wrestle me? Anyways, we cut. Break your arm, old man. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he, he was strong, though. 81, he was really fit and strong. Anyways, a couple of days later, I, I'm looking at my phone, and a video of him pops up on Instagram. You know who he was? Who? The voice of uh, uh, what's that main character from Transformers? Oh man, I know who you're talking about. He does voices for not only Transformers, for a lot of places, for a lot of. His name is Paul. Paul. Uh, oh my God! Hold on, hold on. What's his name? You you know the voice I'm talking about. You know who, whose voice he also did, right? No. Uh, Predator. Predator. Yes. <laughs> So my point is like these old, you know, these generational type of bars and restaurants and locations have this nostalgic Mm -hmm. feel. And you can go there, for example, every Wednesday night. Billy's going to be sitting at the same spot. Was it Paul or Frank? Paul. Oh. The main guy from uh, Transformers, what's what's the character's name? Uh, Are you talking about Ultron? Or are you talking about Megatron? Or are you talking about... Uh, Optimus Prime? Optimus Prime. Okay, Optimus Prime. Yeah, he's Optimus Prime. Hold on, hold on. I gotta gotta look this up. (laughs) Paul, uh, no, Peter. Peter, yes, Peter. Uh, Peter Kulin. Yes, let me see the picture. Yep. Okay. That was him. Okay, he does does the Predator's voice as well. And there's an interview on YouTube. Uh, You guys could find it. Um, They basically did an interview with him. They said, well, you know, there's this movie. Here's the character. Um, what do you think he'll? What do you think he'll sound like? And he went back and forth with different like voices and uh, noises and stuff. And he goes, "Well, no, he, this guy can't talk. He has to be a sound." Yeah. And he's like, "I took a mic and I just went." Are you serious? And he did really? that, and then they were like, "Do that again." And then he did it again, and then that's how just like, that's how Predator's voice how, was created. And that's how Predator's voice was created. Wow. So he he literally like improv, straight up improv, and the director and the producer we said that's it, he's the guy we gotta we gotta hire him, and that's basically you know how the predator's voice was found. It was him, Peter. Peter, yeah, yeah. We had he goes to the smokehouse. Really? Yeah. Gary and I are planning on going there in the next few weeks again. To Hit me up to see if we can, <laughs> we can catch up. him there. Uh, we had a um, couple of questions. King gone. Thank you for the uh, super chat, Buck ninety nine twice. So he has two questions. We're not going to get political with Ani, but mm-hmm. if he or she wants to know, do you vote? And the second question was, what are good family values for kids in Sin, C- Sin City? <coughs> That's a great question. 
so yes, I vote. I'm a U.S. citizen for a good five, six years or more. Um, but yes, let's not get political. And then number two, um, so it's funny because I was talking to this um, with my son. So Vegas or Nevada used to be the 50th state for education. So crappy. Yeah, bottom like, yeah, barrel, bottom. Yeah. Not like 51st yeah. being the first, but, you know. Um, and then recently we're the 46th um, state for education. But I was looking up some stats about Henderson. Mm-hmm. Actually, Henderson has great schools and, you know, great um, graduation rates. Um, S- just Levy teaches at in Henderson. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. And then even just the amount of parks we have and just, just a really great city for raising families. But I personally um, put my kids to um, Christian private schools. So um, for the longest time, high, high tuition, but great education. Yeah. But I think it's important to... I was always a strict mom, and I still am. Um, but I think just, you know, good values. Um, if you could afford private education, it's great. Um, public is getting there, um, but definitely um, that's where kind of I, I saw a lot of value in, in private Christian education to mm-hmm. make sure they're decent, good human beings. Yeah, of course. Yeah, It all depends on who you are as a parent, as a human being. If your values and morals are more Christian-based, mm-hmm. you send your kids to, you know, where you want them to be. Because, right? mind you, they're spending most of their day mm-hmm. there. So mm-hmm. you want them to learn those morals, those values, mm-hmm. you know, if if it's Christian values you want, you send them there. Yeah. If you're Jewish, send them to a Absolutely. you know Jew, Jewish yeah. private school. It, it all depends on who yeah. you are. And I think you'd be surprised. There were so many parents that were not even Christian, but sending their kids to a Christian school. Like my youngest just started kindergarten in in a Catholic school, right? But for me, you know, Christianity kind of Christian thing was important. But it was more about quality of education. Um, but I think there's some great private whether it's Catholic or Christian schools in Las Vegas and in Henderson. Uh, People, you have to understand, at this point in age, especially in today's society, you you have to put religion aside. Like, whether you're Christian, you're Jewish, you're Muslim, doesn't matter what you're, Catholic, whatever it is. People need to raise good human beings. I agree. Good human beings. People. Like, actual human beings. Because society is headed in 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 a place where you know, if if we don't leave a good future behind for our kids, they're, they're doomed. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're literally doomed. So look to raise good human beings. Forget the whole, uh, you know, Christian and and uh, Muslim and all this stuff. It's it's all about being a good person, mm-hmm. honestly. Yeah, because unfortunately, people focus not people parents focus so much on making sure the kids are getting the best grades possible. Mm-hmm. They forget about. Just focusing on raising, like you said, a, a, a decent human being. Even let them have a 3.0 GPA. It doesn't have to be 4.9. <laughs> they don't have to get into Stanford. Right Dishonor. Yeah. Dishonor. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it, there's too much emphasis and com- competition amongst, well, what did, what, what did your son get on the test? 87? Yeah. Mine got 89. Oh my that was God, my boy. parents pushing me to go to musical school to do this and that and that and that because Look. everybody else did that too. Uh, so. There's a parent at our school right now where they're doing student of the month. Yeah. And right away she goes, well, what's the point of student of the month? Well, why is there a student of the month? Mind you, her kid's not the brightest kid in the world. Yeah. But it's like, <laughs> what's the point of it? Well, you know, it's, it's kind of just to motivate the kids, make sure they're... Cause 
it, student of the month isn't only about grades at this point. Mm -hmm. Student of the month is yep. being respectful, responsible. Yeah. All all those are factors. That's why you become a student yeah. of the month. And you know, some people just don't understand. They think it's all about grades, 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 grades. No, no, it's yeah. not. It's I loved in my son's Christian school. They would tie um, his behavior to again. This is to a Bible verse, and they had categories, right? You know, if you were disrespectful, the category was that maybe it was whatever it was, right? But it was it was a citizenship grade. It yeah, was, see? hey, you weren't a good citizen today. You were rude yeah. to your classmate, or you talked back to the teacher, so you didn't demonstrate respect. So that was kind of the behavior. So at home, we would talk about, hey, why were you disrespectful? So it wasn't about the grade, or it was just about, or you were... You know, whatever, right? So it was just really cool that it's about the values, yeah. and and even the system was built on on how you can be a good steward or a good student, a good good human being. Yeah. Um, so I kind of like that that factor. Well, that, that's absolutely Christian very, very important. Hundred percent. My daughter's been telling me <laughs> how many poor choices I've been making ever since she's been starting school. <laughs> Portraits. Like, poor poor choices. Oh, poor, oh, poor choices. <laughs> poor choices, man. Like I drove. I drove. Vocabulary or drove just life decisions. Li everything. Uh, like, like what? The other day, I, I, <laughs> I drove a little faster than what I was supposed to. Oh. And he goes, Papa, you know you just made a poor choice. Oh, what what I did I do? That. She goes, when you when you went fast, my head went back. Oh, like, oh my God, I didn't, I'm so sorry. I'm like, I didn't mean to. I just, you know, I, I wanted to make sure, you know. We, we get there on we time. We get there on time. <laughs> and she goes, Papa, that's poor choice. Yeah. That's poor choice. I and, love she, and the way she says it, bro, like, it's poor, poor choice. choice. Yeah, oh. poor choice. And even her classmates, bro, like, she burns all of them. Yeah, you you know, uh, Timmy made a poor choice today. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> what, is, what did Timmy do? Timmy did this in uh, class. I'm like, oh, my um, God. You know, I love how our kids hold us accountable because my son in Catholic school, they have a color system. So every day, Mommy, what color you get? <laughs> I was like, I got pink today. He's like, why? Why did you not get purple, right? So it's like a <laughs> ranking, and I have to explain myself, like, what I did at work today that yeah. didn't get me, you know, yeah, whatever, my, my, the best my, color. <laughs> my tone of vocabulary changed a little bit at home. Yeah. It's, 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 she catches Vocabulary, you got to yeah. be careful. Dude, oh my God! What did she say the other day, Elena? If you, Elena, if you're watching, what did she say in the card the other day where we just looked at each other? We said, "Where the hell did this kid learn this word?" Yeah. Oh, I forgot what it was. I said, Al, if you're watching, Matt, Matt, text what that word was. She said something where we were just like, wait, wait, "Have you used that word in a while?" She's like, "I haven't used it in a while." But anyway, the other morning, yes, I think it was yesterday morning. Yeah, uh, Noah wakes up and. I was making a phone call, and he goes, then he says, <laughs> he goes, Darius about that. I'm like, where the hell, where did you get that word from? And then I remembered a couple of days ago, I was calling somewhere to see if they're open, and then they didn't answer. I'm like, I Darius not cheap out that's on him. Darius is Persian. What it's is it's that? a Persian it, word. It means like, like like uh, idiot, irresponsible, moron. So I I used that word just randomly out of nowhere, just as a thing, I guess. And then yesterday morning, <laughs> I forget where I was calling. So you gotta be real, too. Yeah, yeah, dude. Like I'm telling you, like she was playing with her play-doh, like in her world. She had her TV going. She was playing with her play-doh. Her brother was next to her in her walker, and I was on the phone with the client. Hang up, stupid shit. And she goes, while she's she's not making eye contact but she's with me. She's listening. She's not making eye contact. She's continuing to play with her plate. She goes, Papa, 
You just made a poor choice. Yeah, poor choice. You made a poor choice with your words. Playing with her Play-Doh, <laughs> and I'm just like, that's it. I, I mean, I, I I have to like literally watch everything I say around mm-hmm. her now. Why, why don't you get one of those uh, those um, dog neck? What is it called? So she <laughs> every time zzz, say. It just dings you every time. <laughs> like, I swear. Pop, so she doesn't have to repeat herself so many times. Poor choice. Poor yeah. choice. Oh it's, man, it's her birthday coming up. I'm. Uh, October 18. Oh, very oh. Nice. So I'm, I'm really, really hoping she gets student of the month, man. She I think turns be, five. She's turning five years old, going into 15. Five going. Girls are different. You you have boys or girls? I have two boys. I have a 16-year-old and a five-year-old. Wow. Okay. So yeah. teenager and a... And five-year-old. And five-year-old. Yeah, yeah, my daughter's age. Yeah, girls are... See, because I, I have a boy and a girl. My boy's still too young. I mean, he, mm-hmm. yeah, mind you, he has a personality. He said Papa. He said Mama. <laughs> Which one did he say? He first? said Mama first. He did. Yeah. No, he says Mama when he's hungry. <laughs> yeah. He says Mama when he's hungry, but then when he's in his walker, walking, not walking around, he, he glides like <laughs> with two feet. Yeah. He says Papa. So, uh, like he doesn't have a personality, but my daughter's personality, dude. It's I don't I like I don't know where she gets it. She's so, like even the staff at her school, they go, everybody knows her. Everybody knows her. They go, oh, Eileen, Eileen, Eileen. And then I go, you know, is she is she behaving? Is she, everything okay? Because I'm like, I've noticed like yard duty, staff, nerd, everybody knows her. They're like, oh my God, we love her. Her personality, she's so spunky. I'm going to recruit her. She's going to be in hospitality. Yeah, and, and then she goes, <laughs> and then I go, and then there's this one, there's this one lady there. I go, you know, hello, Kainke. She goes, oh my God, she's so witty. As in like, you know, <laughs> the answer's in her pocket. <laughs> I'm like, really? She goes, yeah. And then the other woman that's there, she goes, oh, and the other answer's in her other pocket. <laughs> like, so if this one doesn't pass, here's the another Here's another one for you. Did you ask Eileen about physics or no? <laughs> hey, man, we got that answer already from a physicist. No, we did Yes, we did. Don't don't twist the question around. I'm not twisting a question. You, you twisted the question it's, around. I didn't twist the question. I said, is physics more science or no, is it more math? That, that wasn't the question. What do you think, that wasn't, Physics that more wasn't, science or math? That wasn't the question. What is it? I think it's the, more math. The question... Oh, oh here we go. You stopped but, but the question was, does physics include math? No. Okay. And I you said, said I no. I said physics is more... Is no, no, Physics no, no. is science. You said... Fi- no, we... We gotta go back. And Edgar, find if you're there, please. Chime in. Chime in. <laughs> we gotta go you, find the. Clue. You said, who was the guest no math with us? In physics. Who was the guest with us? I said everything about physics is math. You said no, it's not. And then I said, why don't you post a poll, and ask, does physics include math? You know what he posts. And he wonders where <laughs> his daughter gets this spunky. You paraphrase the question. Yeah, I didn't paraphrase. Yeah, it. He, he said. I said, is physics, is is physics, physics science math? or math? You didn't even say more. You just said, is physics, math, or science? We'll do a new one tomorrow. Of course, people are going to automatically go into science. They're, they're not thinking everything is math. Mm-hmm. Everything. We'll do it tomorrow. We'll do another one tomorrow. It's okay. It's too too late now. Damage is done? <laughs> Damn it. Seth finally asked a decent question, so we're going to ask the question. Uh, he's wondering, is, like, is is Kirk's name still in Vegas as far as like, do people talk about his legacy? Is, is he ever mentioned? Or it's kind of like he's gone now and, you know, people just don't... I think he's he's a legend. And I think it's huge in, in the Armenian community. And I think he's done a lot of things for the Vegas community. Yeah. Um, 
I know when he passed away, like, you know, there were like marquees all over the street. You were working in um, Vegas at the time. Yes, right? absolutely. Passed, yeah. yeah. And even for his, um, I don't know, do you call it an anniversary? But every time the you one know, it's year memorial, one yeah, year memorial yeah. it was, I think he's an icon, right? They talk about Kirk as this legendary man and icon who Probably was the behind most. the Mr. most. Mr. Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Even it, more than, I would say, Steve Wynn or Adelson mm -hmm. or any of those guys. Easily. I mean, look at look at what he's created. I mean, from the MGM, mm -hmm. the Luxor, the Excalibur. Yeah, we make f you know we poke fun at you know uh, <laughs> some of these hotels, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> years ago mm -hmm. those hotels were you know what Vegas mm -hmm. was. Those Absolutely. light, those yeah. old light bulb hotels <laughs> without mm -hmm. the LEDs and <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that, valleys, valleys, right, that Sahara. Was and then, yeah. and I think MGM is even part of uh, Bellagio is part of MGM yeah. as well, yeah. right? Yeah. The MGM. Yeah. See, I mean, Absolutely. dude, these are iconic, iconic uh, hotels that put you know put Vegas on the map. But what he did, which was unheard of, was how many times he bought the MGM, sold it, then <laughs> bought it at a lesser price and sold it for a higher price three, yeah. three times and uh my wife bought me his book mm -hmm. called the gambler which i've been reading for a year i still haven't <laughs> finished <laughs> i have to buy the book it's, uh, it's a I, page I, a day i thought i was like okay i'll take it on my flight to armenia it's it's a 75 hour flight i'm sure i'll get to didn't Chapter get, two. I, I didn't <laughs> even get to open the book on the plane by the time you're with the kids and stuff, then you're like, okay, let me just turn on a movie to watch and wind down a little bit, and I didn't get to read it. But yeah, Kirk Kirk is an absolute legend. Legend. I mean, from where he came from and what mm -hmm. he built, it's 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 extraordinary. In Gyumri, yeah, they have a statue. Oh, do they? Mm -hmm. Really? Yeah, that main. I forget what that street was called where our hotel was, right yeah, near there, Heraparak. But is he from Gyumri? No, no. He he was born in Fresno. Fresno. Yeah, he was born in Fresno. Um, his, I can't remember. Was it his parents or grandparents that were from Armenia, born in Armenia? That I don't remember. Probably, but, his, uh, probably his parents. But yeah, he was from he was from uh, Fresno. Insane. I think the people who work with him mention him as an icon and a legend, and what he created, kind of his legacy, right? Um, but yeah, I mean, he's he's huge and. It's just incredible because I think it's funny when I first started in the industry, people would say, like, you're Armenian, like Kirkorian. Yeah, you know, really? that was the name oh, that, yeah. well, two things. They would say Kardashian. I'm like, no, <laughs> uh, oh, Kirkorian. Yes. yes yeah, right. One. So two two names <laughs> other, that people knew, Kardashian yeah. and Kirkorian, but definitely a, an industry legend. But he was he was probably one of the most private men of his stature because even the author talks about it initially He's like, took me years to put information together because he didn't <laughs> have any interviews. There's no videos, no nothing of this mm -hmm. guy. Like the information I had to get was try to find his sister from God knows where and get a few words out of her. And he seemed like kind of behind the scenes kind of guy yeah. where he, like he would, you know, have to move up the ladder of command and then it would get to him and then he would be like, all right, what do you guys got for me? Present it. Mm -hmm. And then he would sign off on it. Like he wasn't the type where, He'll the be, spotlight yeah, the guy. spotlight mm -hmm. type of guy going downstairs and, uh, you know, interacting with people. It was more of kind of like, this is what I've created. Everybody else take care of it. Mm. Yeah, I'm the. I'll I'll provide there, whatever I can. There was an Italian restaurant that <coughs> I don't think it's there anymore. It was in Beverly Hills. 
um, years ago, I used to go there, and there was a Polish waiter, and uh, when he found out I was Armenian, he says, you know, Kirk comes here all the time, and he comes by himself. He drives a Jeep Cherokee, (laughs) and he'll come, he'll sit down. I usually am the one that waits on him, and he brings, you know, he has a stack of cash. He'll take out and (laughs) tip me a few hundred dollars, and... (laughs) He's like he's one of my best customers. Best but I but, best but I, tippers. Yeah. But I never saw him there myself. Yeah. And what was what was even more interesting was um my cousin's uh late husband had was obsessed with Kirk. Um and he had bought a domain name after Kirk's foundation name, which I forget the name of it, but it's his daughter's names combined. I forget what it was called. Uh, his nonprofit foundation. So he had my my cousin's husband had bought that name, and he held it for many years. One day he runs into Kirk in <laughs> Monaco or somewhere, um, and sees Kirk. He approaches him, and uh, holy shit! Yeah, <laughs> starstruck. I know. Actually, he. I remember, I forget the title of the book, but for many years he was looking for this book about Kirk that, that was, you couldn't find it anywhere. I, I don't know where, I, I ended up finding it from the CSUN library or somewhere, and I got it for him. Um, but I forget the title of that book. And anyway, so he runs into Kirk at, again, Monaco or one of those countries, approaches the bodyguard, the, uh, and Kirk says, it's okay, let him... So he goes to him, he says, you know, I idolize you, I love you. Imagine, he's in his 50s, he's a grown man. It's not yeah. like he's a little kid <laughs> idolizing Kirk. Uh, and he hands him that piece of paper with the uh, login and password of the domain name. And he says, you know, I own this domain name. It's, I know it's it's your <laughs> non-profit's domain name, but I want to gift it to you. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so, so, so he gives him the domain name. <laughs> but I also know that he sponsored the movie Promise, which was one, yes. right? 110 million yeah, or so. Yeah, sponsored. Yeah. That was well, his sponsored. foundation sponsored it after his passing, but that's what it was allocated for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he's donated a little over a billion dollars to Armenian causes over the, yeah. over his lifetime. I know what 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 was saying. You know, he doesn't like Armenians very much. I mean, he's he's done enough. Who doesn't? Ar- what 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 is saying it? That Kirk didn't want. Yeah, he says he didn't. He didn't like Armenians very much. I mean, uh, there. That I don't want to. I don't want to call it a rumor. I don't Mm want to call it the truth. But yeah, that's been floated around. Yes, there were there's stories of him when he went to Haikentron, and he was kind of shunned away, and he basically was apparently he was you know practically homeless, living in a car, looking for a job, kind of uh, to get back on his feet, and that he wasn't helped. Yeah, he wasn't helped. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we've heard those stories, but I mean, stuff like that, maybe we should brush it under the rug and we should bring up the positive ends of everything, of what he actually did for Armenians instead of saying, oh, he didn't like us. It's this, That's such a vague comment. We, we need to get away from yeah. that that <laughs> ideology, man. It's like, it's like don't, don't bring up that aspect of it. Say what he's done. You know, he's, he did X, Y, Z for Armenians, but he didn't like Armenians. But I think the reason was also, like, I remember living in Yerevan, like, hearing how much he's contributed to Armenia, right? Like, one big project was the roads, right? Like, Jana Pashinara, Rutsan Hamar, 
huge, huge amounts of money yeah. and the roads were never fixed. Like the, the, the 19 years I lived in Yerevan, the roads were like super crappy. Like, w- so I think if you're a multimillionaire and you try to make a difference and you get screwed over, billionaire, over and over again, come on, like you just, There you comes know. a point where they go, this guy's living in a bigger house than I am. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, they, they built those roads now then. The they last, did? The okay, I haven't been back yeah. in 12 years, yeah. so. I hadn't been back in a long time, but I went back last month. And so they, they yeah, yeah. the money. You planning on going back? Yes, I'd love to, but it's so funny because I always hear stories about like good and bad, right? Going back, I had a great experience, or here's the experience I've had, and yeah, absolutely, I want to take you know my family, my kids, my husband um, to see my hometown. But I, I have family. I miss my grandma and. You know, my cousins have kids. Yeah. I haven't seen them. 12 years is a long time. I'd love to go, but I don't know. Well, you'll, you'll definitely get to uh, the one guy that builds <laughs> um, structures. I would say close to Vegas caliber is probably Sarukian. All his properties are like <laughs> Vegas style. Especially the like out, of, out of this world, <laughs> huge. Just the, the infrastructure and the... Everything is, is the design is just different. Yeah. So you, I don't know. If, well, twelve years ago, I'm sure some of those structures were there. Yeah, but I remember a gas station with lions, or like no, no, the no. house with lions. I'm referring to like he yeah, has this oh, huge banquet hall oh. resort he built. It's like a resort. It's not even a hall. Where you is it? Yeah, Ab- Abovian. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah, his focus is mostly Abovian because he's from. Oh, Abovian. he's from. Yeah, there. he's from Abovian, but. Uh, <laughs> What else do we have? What else do we have to cover before we call it a show? Yeah, sure. Why don't you tell us? Did we miss anything? Did we miss anything? I oh, <laughs> I was overprepared <laughs> for this. I don't know. Um, the do's and don'ts, we'll go over that yes. off the air. But yes, off the air. I know you were saying the truth <coughs> and the myths. We could maybe mention a couple of myths about Vegas before we call it, before we wrap it up. Yeah, I have a absolutely. question. Can you, can you transfer some of Telman's membership points to me? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Hold on, hold on, let's try that again. Yeah. Can you transfer some of Tampon's <laughs> points to Armon? <laughs> All right. Yeah. Don't, Armand, don't look at your account for about <laughs> the next couple of weeks. <laughs> I think he checks his account more than he checks his bank account. <laughs> okay, next month we have to go for free. <laughs> anything as far as myths, truths, yeah, sure. anything like that, maybe a couple of them before we just call it a show. Wrap yeah, up sure. I think one perception is... As talking to you guys about like you must be an you know you must be a non-stop party goer like you're a show girl no just not me but people who people live, live in, in vegas, vegas. Yeah. i think there's a very jaded perception of people when they find out i think it's it's better now but i remember like years ago coming to la you know getting my nails done or whatever it was like oh what are you doing you know i'm like i just work in hr <laughs> you know what i mean it's not very glamorous what but is hr i know <laughs> who's hr <laughs> <laughs> oh you know what's a funny story so for the longest time i say I, I was a director of L and D, which stands for learning and development. So when my sister was in, in LA, she lives here. She was in the delivery room. I was with her, and all these chairs had L and D on them. I'm like, what the heck is this? Uh, and L and D stands for <laughs> labor and delivery. <laughs> so I told my team when we tell people we work in hospitality and we're in L and D, people are like, what? Delivers babies. <laughs> That would be nice. To I know. To deliver oh, babies at trust me, we've had all types of stories. I'm sure we delivered a baby too. 
The baby gets calm for the rest of his life. <laughs> well, we had an 83-year-old grandma turned into lost and found, so why not? She herself? No, just got lost. Yeah, like <laughs> she was. Oh. Yeah. She's looking for the wrong machine. Matarang <laughs> Hotel. Um, yeah, I think that's that's the biggest one, like the perception of people, you know, being crazy, being alcoholics and, you know, drug addicts. And there's just a lot of, you know, there's yeah. a huge community out, outside of the Sin City, your hangover fantasy, right? It's just, it's an, it's an actual city. And it's funny because I don't even know how to gamble. Can you believe that? You know, and people, when they say sometimes people come like, hey, we're at this hotel, meet us here. I'm like, I, I don't know even how to get there. You know, I use GPS and navigation because if you work in the industry, you know, it's fun, but it's, 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 you know, you give your 100% your best every single day. You're so exhausted. You know, you don't want to go back to the strip after a yeah. long, you Especially know, 12-hour like, shift. People have to realize it's like, okay, I work for Cosmopolitan. I work in the HR department. You know, I'm, direct, I'm the head director of HR. It's like, I have a nine to five just like <laughs> anybody else living in LA. So I mm-hmm. get up, I drive to work. Mm-hmm. My work happens to be, yeah, on the strip, it, mm-hmm. but it's in a building, it's in an office in space. I work there from nine to five, mm-hmm. and then I get up, I drive back home, yeah. and I have dinner like everybody else. Yeah. It's not like nine to five finishes, like, all right, which club are we here to go? <laughs> 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 it's like, that's how I know. And, and I also think you see. You know, we talked about the good, the bad, and the ugly of Vegas, right? The industry, you know, where I think you also develop a, like, I just, I've never been drunk in my life, ever. Because I see so many people wasted and just, you know what I mean? Like, that happens too, right? And you're like, oh, I just don't want to be that person, right? So you learn a lot from the bad as much as you learn from from the good. Um, So I think it's a great city to live in. You know, cost of living and everything. You're and if recruiting you, now to I the am city, recruiting huh? to the city, yes. <laughs> but I think it's it's an awesome community. And now we also have, you know, all types of professional sports come into our city. Vegas um, Knights. Golden Knights. Yes, go Knights. Um, you know, we have um, WNBA. You know, you know we're playing you guys tomorrow for season opener, right? Yes, we yeah. are. And I'm going to be, is it tomorrow? Thursday, the opener. Oh, tomorrow, the be. 11th. Oh. It's at the Staples Center. Tried to get tickets. Crypto. <laughs> crypto I can't do right. it, man. I can't do it. I can't call it crypto. I can't call it crypto.com arena. I still call it staples. I know. Oh, they changed the name. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah, they, yeah they, but they, sporting events. Absolutely. Sporting events. Vegas Knights, first hockey team ever, ever. to play in Las Vegas. And they go to the Stanley Cup final yes, the first season. The year. first season, yep. And then you guys create. The Black Dome, the, the infamous <laughs> yes, the Raider Dome. for the Raiders. For the absolutely. Raiders now. The Raiders what, are in Las Vegas. What is that new, like, round thing they're building? Yeah. Sphere-looking. Is that a new resort? Or? No, I think it's some type of entertainment complex or something like that. I've heard all types of things about that, but I don't yeah. think it's, it's and officially And Levick is actually saying the Oakland A's will be coming to Vegas as well, so... Oakland Raiders went to Las yeah. Vegas. I guess the Oakland A's will be moving to Las Vegas. I think I've well. heard about an NBA team too. And Formula One is coming to Vegas next year too. So you know what? Formula One better go to Vegas instead of freaking Azerbaijan. I don't even want to say the name. Levick says uh, one of the Knights player students is one of his students. Yeah, they're oh, such really? nice guys. Yeah, really nice. It's Hockey players are humble, man. Very humble. Hockey players are a different type of humble. Yeah. <coughs> I don't know any hockey players. We'll, go to, we'll go to hockey games except for Mike. 
Well, we are season ticket holders, so if you guys you come are? to Vegas, we'll go to a Knights game. Yes. Wow. <laughs> All right. <laughs> now love we have our Knights. More friends in <laughs> Vegas. There you go. There you go. Yes. <laughs> Uh, Ani, thank you so much for taking time out of your Monday to be with us. Thank you for, you know, driving all the way out from Vegas to be with us. We really, really appreciate it. Um, if people are looking for a job at Cosmo, should they apply or should they hit you up? You tell us. <laughs> no, it's so funny. So um, should they apply or what? Hit you up. Oh <laughs> well, you you should apply. Um, and you know, I don't know. I don't want to end the show on a daunting note, but. <laughs> So I've, you know, I have a rule, right? Like the higher up you go in the company, the the more responsibilities and mm-hmm. reputation yeah. matters. And sometimes when you um, help people and they don't leave on good cur- yeah. terms, it's it kind of a reputation yeah. on, on you or like, you know, it backfires, yeah. right? So I, what I do is I, I can help them, prep them, give them as much information as I can. But of course, you know, the interview process and, and everything else. Go through is, other people. Is absolutely. So. Go okay. through the process but if i can be an ally and, and help and there share you. information then then please yeah i'm on linkedin i'm on facebook put the wise nuts on your resume they'll, <laughs> they'll make sure you don't yeah. get the job yeah <laughs> <laughs> they'll give you cards to hand out on the strip <laughs> uh, yeah, this is the internship program <laughs> you need to hand out thirty-five thousand of these before you come back go to work Oh, jeez. No, thanks for thanks for shedding light on a lot of interesting yeah. information about not only Las Vegas, but Cosmo as well. Uh, we really appreciate you. And uh, thank you for the gifts. Oh, yeah. Thank yes. You got some yes. fantastic Absolutely. gifts. Tell him I have a lot of gifts. I'm not going to give it to you. Though. <laughs> it's all mine, buddy. He's going to wear them on the way to Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to drink coffee yeah, out of it. And then we'll see we'll get comped for the room. Arwa's going to walk in with a coffee mug and a hat. <laughs> From now on, you're going to call me and say, hey, when do you want to take me to Cosmo? There you go. Oh, Jesus. Thank you for having me. Of course. No, no. Thank you for being with us. We really, really appreciate it. Everybody else, today's podcast will be up and running on Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Manana. Um, Have a great week. Have a great weekend. And we will see you all next Monday. We have a show next Monday. Yeah, we do. Yeah, okay. Be in Vegas. Vegas. We're going to be in Vegas. Everybody, we just signed a contract. Yeah, yeah. Uh, We'll see you guys all next week. Same time, same place, same network. Take care, everybody.